Good evening, folks. Welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York, wherever, whenever, and however you're listening. We thank you for being a part of our universe. We are two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And we are starting off episode number 24. Welcome, Jason and Lila, to the studio this evening. Yes, thank Hello. Hey, it's, uh, it's exciting. We're on 24, one shy of a the quarter century mark, as they say. So. <laughs> one shy of a quarter century <laughs> mark, as they say. Wow. One shy of a quarter. <laughs> yeah. That's a mouthful. Yeah, I know. I've been, I've been one shy of a quarter for a long time in life, whatever that means. <laughs> okay, you can stop talking now. <laughs> Uh, but it's exciting. It's exciting to be uh, to be podcasting again. It's always a good night of the week, and um, the studio is nice and warm. It's very cold here, so I'm, uh, we and we ran out of fuel for the rest of the house, and the only electric heater happens to be in this room. Yep. yep. I know. I left my coat on and my shoes on because I thought I'd be cold down here. Yeah. Now you're gonna be warm. You're gonna have to start dropping layers. It's that time of year, man. You, <laughs> you're cold. You're hot. Yes. You start the day with a coat. Yeah. End a day for getting your coat at school. I know. I've done that like a billion times, and I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, why do you think like I looked over at you coats. when I said it? <laughs> yeah, I probably still have like four coats at school right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jason, do you have a science update to kick us off on episode 24? Yeah. This do you? Do you have something? I do. Something uh, interesting I've got a couple will, things that will get our minds turning. A couple things early. brewing here in. It uh, better oh, be interesting. Late because April. If I'm not interested, then um. Sorry about okay, you're gonna mute your mic if you're not interested. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna mute her mic if I'm not interested. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> I'll just be talking to myself. Um, no. Uh, well, the 22nd of April is. Uh, anyone can can you guess? It's Earth Day. Earth Day is coming up. Yeah. Whoop whoop. Yeah, you sound very excited about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of started in uh, back in the 70s. Cool. Um, when uh, that's when they kind of started, at least in America, um, getting serious about like pollution and mm-hmm. clean air acts, sure, and whatnot, yeah. Um, and I guess the first one when they celebrated it was in March, but then uh, they tried to get it to coincide with like colleges' spring breaks, okay, and also to be like closer to Arbor Day, yeah, which which is always the last Friday in April. Oh, okay. Um, which is like the, you know, plant the tree right. day, Arbor Day. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, we got those two those two kind of special days yeah. for uh, celebrating planet Earth, planting trees. Yeah. Yippee, dippee. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, it's... Celebrate the Earth and don't pollute. It's please. when you start to, when you start to put seeds in... Yeah, that's in true. ...pots for your... You guys were getting your gardens ready and stuff. Yep. And, yep, Lyle um, and I were... Working in the garden a little bit this past weekend. Yeah. Getting the beds prepared. We don't have to mm-hmm. put anything out there. Our oh, garlic, great. though. The garlic's out there. That's, yeah. yeah. It's looking really good. It's, it came up and it's looking strong. And yeah. Yeah. We'll have lots of, lots of garlicky food this fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's always a nice time of year to kind of like the winter feels long and mm-hmm. you can finally start getting your fingers in the dirt and yeah. watching things grow. It's pretty Are you fun. kidding me? Winter feels like eons upon eons upon millions of trillions of millenniums. Yeah, isn't that kind of what I said? 
<laughs> yeah. Feels in a long, nutshell. Right. And, and then, it felt long. <laughs> <laughs> she used I didn't say eons, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Upon millions of billions of miles. I'm not as, yeah. I mean, I'm not as dramatic as a middle schooler. Mm, yeah. <laughs> of course you're not. <laughs> Because you're not as cool as a middle schooler. Oh. No, even in middle school, I wasn't as cool as a middle schooler. (laughs) (laughs) Even as middle schoolers go. (laughs) I'd maybe be cool now, like if I was in middle school, like who I am now. Like everybody would want to hang out with me. (laughs) I don't know. Probably not, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They think I was weird for not knowing what Snapchat is. <laughs> but you just said it, so you must know what it is. If you said, I know it involves word. chatting and snapping. Like this, right? <laughs> like West, it's like okay, in, in West Side Story. It's like you take a picture of yourself and you can write like a little caption on it. Oh, I thought okay. it had to do with like it to people. you know oh. snapping to uh, show tunes. Right, right, right. Or like, um, and you talk while you do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Um, uh, West Side Story, you know, with yeah. the sharks and the jets. Yeah, right. And instead of like fighting, they just walk around and snap at each other. Yeah, <laughs> they like they like dance and snap at one another, and that's how they that's how they settle their differences. It's you know, what a what a lovely world that would be if that's if that's how we went about it. And if somebody made a uh, social media based on that, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. I'm going to snap at you. <laughs> This is why we wouldn't you be cool so in middle weird. school. <laughs> exactly. What are says, you talking says about? The school, yeah. <laughs> you guys are so weird. Yep. Uh, you just have to. Have you ever seen West Side Story? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fault on me for uh, well a poor upbringing. You know, it's probably what? it's probably too early anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, should be in high school when you see it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, there's lots of snapping at each other. Yeah. You don't want to expose kids to that too young. Not too young, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe we... Would you like to move on, Lila? To the mind of the middle schooler. No, 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 no. Thank you, Uncle Jay. No, get that singing bowl out of there. Did you hear that singing bowl that time? That was good. Yeah, get that singing bowl out of here. okay. It's out of here. Remember, that that's for your like science moon. Oh, it's for my moon things. Yeah, we're a little unpolished in the uh, production department. <laughs> yeah, you're a little unpolished a, in the production. department. We need a director <laughs> or a producer. producer. Or I'll yeah, be yeah, your something. producer. Yes, yes. Guys, you I already know are. I how think. to be a producer? Okay, Lyle. Uh, it's the mind of the middle school. What have you got for us tonight? Yes. Hello, and as many of you may know. The delicious summer break is coming up. <laughs> Yay. Um, what, so, in like two months? What? <laughs> okay, no, you're looking forward to it. Go, go. Go for it. Okay, so the reason that I'm seeming so ecstatic about it already is because it's sort of like a countdown at my school for it. Gotcha. Because, wow. like... The rest of the year, it's just exams upon tests upon different, like, final stuff. Mm. And so I took my first state test today. And Ooh, Yeah, that's right. Um, and it sort of got me, like, anticipating this summer. So I'm going to share a little bit about what I'm doing in the summer. Yeah. So first thing, right off the bat, snappy the day I'm pretty sure it's like the day after school's out. I'm going to Camp Feller. Oh, right. Um, I may have mentioned it before. 
I don't know, but I am going to um, have Dad like put the link for their website in the wherever. in the show notes. You want me in to add that to the show notes? Yeah. All right. Um, because she's producing on the fly here. Um, it's it's a great Marketing place. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a great place you can go. Um, so you can decide. Um, what's the age that you can start camping? I think it's third grade. Yeah, after That's third. Fun. Yeah, I have to finish third grade. Okay, so after third grade, That's you why it's can so important s- to pass all your third grade classes. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so <laughs> after after third grade, you can start uh, becoming a camper. But if you're younger than third grade, you can go um, as a family camper with your friends or no, your family. Wow. Um, and, well, you can bring your friends. Yeah, you can meet new friends there. Um, and, well, not, not that to that yet. <laughs> oh right, right. So oh, foreshadow, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can bring your family, and you can go stay in some cabins during the summer. But then, um, classic camping is um, kids um, fourth grade and older um, will um, be put into cabins. Um, and you do a bunch of, like, fun group team-building activities, and, um, there's, um, is the, uh, is the chapel by the lake service every morning? Um, there's a, they're like the outdoor chapel, you have, like, a morning, uh, just some songs. Yeah, And you start with some... Wait, so so in early in the morning, you can decide whether or not to get up really early and go fishing, or you can get up really early and well, not really early, like six, I think, at the earliest. Um, you can get up, and you can go swimming in the lake really early, like dunk yourself in. It's called polar bearing, um, and. Um, there's a, there's like a theme song for it and everything. You run around in circles and then you just run straight into the water. There's no slowly waiting and get used to it. Mm. You gotta just run straight in. And it's actually really fun and refreshing in the mornings since it's usually hot when you're there. Um, and if you do polar bearing every day of the week, you get a patch at the end of the week. Um, you could go for more than one week. You can sign up with a friend and like request them in your cabin. Cool. Uh, there's a chapel where uh, every Thursday night there is a, a Vespers service. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is a Christian camp. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, my parents used to work there. My dad used to be the chaplain, and my mom used to be. Um, Used to be a cook in the kitchen. So, oh my gosh, the food is like the best food ever. Awesome. Um. So you're excited about going to camp, huh? Yeah, I'm ecstatic. Nice. I'm going for two weeks, and one with my friend from softball, and one with my friend that I met at camp the other year. So you also might meet friends there. So my friend Annie, who I went with a few years ago, um, met a friend there at camp, and now she does out camp with that friend that she met in in camp. So out camp is when you like go stay. Um, in like lean twos and tents outside, and um, kill wild boar. No, you don't do that. No, no I roast him on a spit. Mm. What you? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's Camp Fowler. Yeah. Do you have, do you have, was there something else in the summer you wanted to talk about? or No, Camp Fowler. Oh, just camp. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So So you're pretty excited about that, huh? Yeah. Super fun place. That's like the the week after school gets out, you go up there? Yeah, like the day after school gets wow. out, we go up. That's a good way to start so summer. I think it starts on like a Saturday or Sunday, right? Usually Sunday. Yeah, yeah you go up so Sunday. Starts on a Sunday. But I think, I think you're going up early because uh, something's going on. Really? Ooh, I yay. think so. <laughs> so. Something's happening early. Or I'm taking you. I, I don't know. Something. <laughs> There's some craziness going on that weekend. I haven't uh, oh, well, fully anyway. absorbed yet. That's <laughs> um, too far. You got time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it ends on a Friday. Awesome. Great. So definitely recommend. It is so fun. If, you, if you're looking forward to like going somewhere in the summer where you can like... The mornings are very relaxing there. It's they have great like lakeside places. There's a beach, you yeah. can. Um, it's very relaxing, and um, all the people there are awesome. So, so highly comes, recommend. Comes highly recommended from Lila. Yeah, yeah, good, good spot. Cool. Um, thank you, Lila, for sharing that part of your mind of the middle schooler. Um, the the hmm. countdown is on at the middle school. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah. What's the uh, What's the number? Where's the countdown mean? at? How many days? I don't know. Oh, oh, days? Jeez, I don't know. You got like less than nine weeks now. I think when you came back from break, you were at nine, and we're middle middle away through that week. So I think you're like eight weeks of school. Yeah, all of May, a little bit of June. Yep. A little bit of April. Cool. Yeah. June's my stuff. birthday! Woo! So do you have a question for her, Jason? Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, all right. Um, Stump the middle schooler. Yes, exactly. Oh, Let's you see can't what happens. do that. What is your preferred... Learning environment. You stumped me. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yes, finally. Finally happened. 24. Episode number 24. I finally stumped kidding. her. Oh. Okay. So. Um, all right. So I don't really like have like a regular one, but if I were like to create one, I mean, I sort of had one like one time. Um, <clears throat> so it has to be like a comfortable space. It doesn't have to be me to be able to learn but my preferred as you said yeah yeah preferred learning space yeah has to be quiet quiet completely quiet i would like it to be uh comfortable including couches and blankets (laughs) (laughs) um so my living room (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i want there to be um quiet like study focus music and on the background okay so not not like silent well, yeah, but like silent besides the music. Okay. Uh, okay. I like sometimes I like to have like the video screen on where it like shows like different parts of nature while oh, doing that. Nice. That like doesn't tend to distract me, even though like everything else besides that distracts me in this entire mm-hmm. world. Um, like <laughs> I'm distracted by this moon chart right now. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Now I can't get back on track. <laughs> uh. Oh yeah. So, um, and, like I said, it needs to be comfortable. It needs to be quiet, except for the sounds of music, or maybe even like nature soundtracks, like mm. peepers. They're so nice. Uh, we live in a place where, like, at night in the summertime, you can you can hear um, like little frog like th- they're frogs, right? Yeah. A yeah. little frogs. Um, <laughs> is it like ribbit or is it more of a chirp? 
And it's more like chirping, and they do it all together. Mm-hmm. And it only happens at this time of year. There's like a chorus of frogs chirping. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Chorus is humans. Frogs is, well, frogs. And chirping is birds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> frogs are chirping, guys. Why, uh, why do all these things help you focus? Um, well, I need to be in a place where I can, like, sit comfortably because, like, if I'm in, like, a, um, like a normal chair like I'm in right now, I usually get shaky, like my leg's shaking right now, (laughs) and I'm, like, fidgeting with my nails. Um, but, um, and, like, in school, those, like, chairs that people make in prison. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's actually true. But, uh, <laughs> is that what they tell you at school? Well, they're not telling you at school, oh. but I heard, like, my friends say, ah, they the make our school chairs school. in prison. No. Like, okay, never mind. But um, those, like, weird metal chair things. You don't like those. Those, like, I'm always shifting, and they're so loud, mm. and they're so uncomfortable. Stupid school chairs. They should be recliners. Anyway, um. <laughs> so, so nice, comfortable place to sit. Maybe some sounds from nature. Yeah, because that like sort of it doesn't distract me surprisingly, like everything mm-hmm. else in this entire world does. <laughs> it calms you and allows you to kind yeah. of focus on. Um. Cool. What you want to learn? Yeah. Hmm. Nice. That does sound like a pretty cozy. I know spot. that sounds really good. I would probably fall asleep trying to learn yeah. this place like that. Yeah, I need like some <laughs> hot chocolate just to keep. I me wrote. Like, I wrote. Um, an essay in there once you were you oh, were yeah. at home and you I, were doing some computer work and I was doing yep. that social studies essay. Yep, I was. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was good on and the you Boston did, you Tea worked, Party. You worked well in that cozy environment. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lila, for joining us for the Mind of the Middle Schooler. You're welcome. Have a good night. Uh, it's uh, it's past your bedtime, so go get yourself tucked in. Okay. All right. And uh, we'll I'll check on you in the morning. Okay. All right. Good night, kiddo. Thanks for being on the show. Bye. See you, pal. See you later. Okay, have a good night. (laughs) She knows when she's leaving the studio that I have shut off her mic, so she just makes as many loud Uh sounds as she can on the way out. My mic is going to catch it. Yeah, she's... Catch whatever is happening behind me. (laughs) (laughs) The circus that is... It's always a little scary when you can't see it. Yeah. (laughs) You just know it's happening. It's just a... Little adorable whirlwind of chaos, just you know, <laughs> flying out of the studio. <laughs> yeah, self-directing. Yeah, it's kind of like um, is it light? Uh, no, it's Pigpen in. Um, oh yeah, Peanuts. Who's got like the cloud of yeah, yeah, dirt and dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of dirt and dust, it's just like yeah, personality. Or yes, it's like, sp- like. <laughs> it's sparkles and glitter and yeah. rainbows and just yeah. flying off as she's going. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, you know, different operatic sounding voices and yeah. such. Yeah. Yeah, she really is a <laughs> delight. <laughs> it is fun having her on the show. Uh, she's a good kid. <clears throat> so how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Yeah. 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 So you uh, you just um, finished up a chapter of your life this week. I don't know if you want to talk about it on the show, but I, it's our check-in part, and I always like to talk <laughs> to you, you know? So Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, just finished up. Uh, five and a half years of ministry at a at a church, yeah. and uh, yeah, kind of shifting into more of a focus on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 
still, I think the intro still works with bivocational because I'll be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, probably never really get fully away from ministry in any right in any capacity by you know helping out churches here and there and mm-hmm. preaching and here and there and whatnot. But, yeah, but probably full time ministry is is mostly uh, behind me. Right, I right. would guess. Yeah. So that'll be a, be interesting. You, I mean, you've been you've been like really bivocational. Yeah. For yeah. for most of your time as a as a minister, well, all your time as a minister. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've only kind of been faking the, the <laughs> by part of it. You, so. You've been taking, yeah, you've been taking classes and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, you know, but now it's like, yeah. Yeah, welcome to part-time ministry. <laughs> yeah, right, buddy. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm been doing my whole time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, no, it's good though. But and um, I was able to be at your uh, church not for the service because I had to be at my own. But I was able yeah. to be there. They had a nice reception for yeah, you. Yeah, it was very nice. Um, Looked like you had a lot of folks came out to say hi, and you know some some beautiful pictures of you back in the early days uh-huh. of your ministry there, yeah. and you know lots of. I saw a whole bunch of cupcakes. Yeah, so. one uh, one guy looked at the pictures and he's like, "Wow, we've we've really aged you, haven't we?" No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking the same thing. Right, so right, it was right. Okay, but that's, that's great. That's <laughs> yeah, great. I was like, "Look at what you people did to me." Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it was it was weird. Like I was talking to my uh, I was talking to my own therapist today about uh, about that comment. <laughs> no, <laughs> no that, I need to talk to somebody <laughs> about this. <laughs> I was talking about kind of like the. Uh, um, you usually don't get to like like people kind of wrote pretty nice things and like cards and stuff mm-hmm. to me, um, mm-hmm. things they hadn't really said to me in person. Yep. Um, so it was almost like it was kind of like a practice where you like therapists would have you write your own eulogy. Yeah. And like what people would right. you know what you would want people to say about you. Yep. It's like oh these are like the things I would want people to say about me. Yeah. Um, although I'm not dead. Right. And right. so it's like oh well, uh, maybe I can like take what they've take what they've written and and sort of uh continue to yeah work on myself in this next chapter and yeah um that's cool not wonder if people are thinking that of me right know that they already have you, you know they, it they yeah. probably are so yeah. i was kind of like being at my own funeral in a right roundabout way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's your vocational funeral. This vocation is dying. Uh, I mean, something else is coming. You know. Yeah, it's right. Like, it's uh, like the garden. You know, you rip out the dead stuff at the end of the year and plant <laughs> new stuff there next year. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't word that very eloquently, but you know, it's that's. What, what do you I didn't have time. At, you know, nine thirty yeah. p.m. <laughs> How eloquent can one be? <laughs> yeah, I worked the whole day. You know? Eloquence starts to fail yeah. me later. It's so day. good that we do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. yeah, we record ourselves <laughs> at the lowest mental capacity of the day. <clears throat> that's great. And then we share it with people and yeah. we say, please tell your friends. I mean, that's why we have to have the yellow beer because it just that's the yeah. only fuel we have. Right, right, right. And it's perfect excuse because people think it's just because of the beer that we sound the way we do. <laughs> that's a good way to cover it up. <laughs> Uh, but I, that is interesting what you said, because I think we kind of talked about something like that last week, actually, a little bit, was the idea of, and I had mentioned a student um, who, or not a student, a camper, because I used to work at Camp Fowler, mm-hmm. you know, and, and right, you know, years later, she had written me a, a letter saying, you know, that, yeah. s- you know, some something that happened many years earlier had been impactful to her and her just growth and development, you know, and, and, you know, usually like, I think like you're saying 
you don't necessarily get to hear that stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times in life, people will wait until after someone's dead to say all those nice things to their Uh family. You know, like, I just wanted to tell you how much this person meant to me. I mean, you and I have both seen that, actually, having done memorial services. You see the Mm -hmm. people that show up out of the woodwork that you didn't expect to see there. You know, that's happened to me a number of times. I see somebody that I know, like from the community or, you know, not, not from the church or, you know, not from a connection to a particular person. But the deceased person, you know, is, is there, have, and then we're having the memorial service for them. And this other person shows up. And I'm like, what are you doing here in my mind? You know, mm-hmm. I don't say that to them. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, and then you hear like, oh, yeah, this person meant a lot to me. And, you know, when I was younger, blah, 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 this or that. Right. And it's, you, you realize like, you know, and then you wonder like, did, did that person know? Right. Or did yeah. you ever tell them or did they yep. ever, you know? So I look back on like when our grandfather Faye died. Um, we, we kind of knew that was coming, which mm-hmm. I, ta- I think I talked about that, you know, last episode as well, but I had the opportunity to say goodbye, you know, in a way that I wouldn't have if, if it weren't that way, you right. know? And so, yeah, it's interesting to, to have those opportunities, even if it's just a change of a career, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah. Yeah. That kind of surprised me. Uh, just that thought crossing my mind as... I was reading the cards. It's yeah. Like, why am I thinking about this? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, we well, we don't have any listener communication emails. Do you have anything else on on your end? On because you are the social media guru of of this <laughs> relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, says a lot about our social media. <laughs> yeah. If I'm the guru, you are the guru. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, yep. uh, yeah. I just have the. Uh, I mean, I could share. Well, I have something to share. Oh, you do. That it's not a listener communication. Yet, <laughs> which I think is kind of okay. Cool. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't even understand that. No, so. it's it's like it's it's it has <laughs> to do with podcast listener communications. So I figured I'd throw it in here. But Perfect. I had a really neat experience today. So I mentioned in episode one of this podcast that one of the inspiring podcasts for me, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of I really enjoyed and listened to a lot and um, inspired me to want to do this podcast with you is the podcast called Brothers of the Serpent. Um, yeah. And I've mentioned that to you before a couple of times, actually. Um, and it's a podcast that I found oh, a few years ago, and I you know, I didn't listen exactly from the beginning, but I caught them you know, uh, just a few episodes in and, and caught up with them. And then um, I started, you know, I'd write them emails every now and then. they read my emails on the show, stuff like that. Um, and in one of the emails that I sent, because I would send them like, you know, their listeners would send them stuff, um, which our, our listeners haven't sent us anything yet. Um, but but they can, if they want to send us beer, that would be great. So then we can oh, review yeah. their beer on the show. But anyway, I sent them, I sent a beer and I sent them some coasters and, and then they sent, you know, they sent boxes out to everybody with, with stuff that they had, you know, that, and they had sent my coasters from Wolf Hollow Brewing Company out to a whole oh, bunch cool. of different people. Uh, but in that, when that when I sent that um, box, I, there was a little note that I put with it, and I said, "If anybody's ever passing through upstate New York, stop in at Wolf Hollow Brewing Company and tell tell us you're from the Brothers of the Serpent podcast." You know, okay. And um, I didn't expect anything to come of it. So today, I'm driving back from my sales calls to the brewery, and I get a message on my phone from my taproom manager, and he goes, "Guy just walked into the brewery. Said he's he's." Stopped here because of Brothers of the Serpent. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? And he's like, I texted him back real quick. Is he still there? You know, and I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm coming. So I showed up and I met a delightful uh, family of four. Um, on their way from Ohio to New Hampshire for a vacation. Nice. Uh, Name's Paul and his wife, Jen. And they had two kids, uh, a a daughter that's just a little older than Lila named Reagan, and a son um, that's uh, a little bit younger named uh, Xander. And so they were on their way traveling through, and he was he's a regular listener of uh, Brothers of the Serpent. Okay. And uh, decided, hey, we're going to be going past, you know, and we can stop yeah. in a Wolf Hollow Brewing yeah. Company. So. Right off the main uh, main drag. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, we we chatted for a little while, caught up, and and uh, all of that, and it was <clears throat> it was just super cool. So I, you know, gave them a couple beer tokens so they could have a drink on me, and then I hooked them up with t-shirts on their way out so they could support their. He was wearing his Brothers of the Serpent t-shirt. Oh, cool. And then I told them about this show, and I said, well, you got to you know check out our show because it's it's similar. It's not the same. You know, we, our topic matter is is slightly different, but there's definitely a you know, an overlapping segment to the sphere, yeah. you know, uh, of what we talk about. Um, and I, you know, so that'd be good. So he grabbed his phone and he followed us. So we got a follow from right. Ohio today, All right. which is really cool. So, um, Paul and family, if you're listening to this episode, which, you know, it's probably going to be a while in the future, but, but, uh, welcome to yeah. our universe, man. It was just really nice to meet you. And, uh, you know, we, we were just so excited that uh, that you made that connection and c- came out and saw me. Um, it was super yeah, fun. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So, admittedly, I'm behind on on the uh, Brothers of the Serpent podcast um, just because I've been so busy, and yeah. this has taken up a lot of my extra time for stuff. I used, used to listen to more podcasts than right now <laughs> that I do one, and it's like, um, but in my first communication to them at the Brothers of the Serpent, I told them that I was going to be starting a podcast with you. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so now we are. So I think I'm going to have to reach out to the to the brothers and let them know we're, we're back, yeah. that we're up and running and that we made a connection with our, our friend Paul. So I know, because that, that must be so, uh, I guess, gratifying yeah. for them to hear something like that. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, you're... Really, in a, I mean, in a roundabout way, maybe you are trying to create community, yeah, um, in kind of a this sort of you know side door type of way, yeah, yeah, um, and to actually see it happening, yeah, it was yeah. it was super cool because when I threw that out there, I was like, because they were talking about like people would talk about different like sites, you know, because one of the major points of focus of the Brothers of the Serpent podcast is that they talk about a lot of you know ancient history stuff that you know has kind of gotten glossed over in you know sort of the mainstream you know yeah historical studies okay um you know just ancient mysteries like things that you know like like the pyramids are you know are a huge topic for them just because it is so mysterious when you really start looking at at how that all happened you know yeah and all the different theories behind those things and you know um and so they've been to some ancient sites, and they talk about ancient sites, and they bring in people sometimes. Mostly they'll they'll do kind of like we do, like book report kind of things, but they also do some interviews here and there and, and some collaborations with other podcasts. Nice. But, um, but they, you know, they would talk about different sites around the United States that people could go to, and somebody was talking about something in downstate New York on, on, the, on one of the episodes one oh. time. And I said, hey, if anybody, if you go there for like a meetup, you know, let me know. We'll host you at Wolf Hollow Brewing Company, you know, because we're not too far away, maybe an hour or two from where they were going to go. So, oh, okay. 
Um, so yeah, and they they are very good at social media. They have like uh, you oh, know yeah. that, that app Discord. They use that, and there's a big chat in there. And okay, I was I try to do that for a little while. And I can't I can't keep up with that stuff because I'm just not a social media guy. So yeah. It's like just just my the, the we have a Slack account for the brewery. Right. That's yeah. overwhelming for me, and that's like <laughs> for work, and it's like thirteen people. Right, it's like when you get hundreds of people on a thing and is trying to follow it. I can't. I just couldn't do it. So, yeah. So I kind of fell off the wagon, but I'm hoping to get back on the the bots wagon, the Brothers of the Serpent, <laughs> and uh, and I'll, I'll reach out to those guys and let them know that Paul stopped by. It was so cool. You know, you don't think it's gonna happen, you know? Or like. I, I want to. I mean, I put the invite out there like legitimately. Yeah. You know, stop in and we'll say hi and show you a little bit of hospitality. You know, and, but yeah, that's. But to see somebody actually pop in and say uh-huh. it's like any shirt on and everything, <laughs> like, and then just talking to him, it's like, you know, we can immediately have something to talk about because right. Oh, you know, sure. Yeah. It's like you automatically know, like, oh, this person is interested in the same. Right. Stuff you already know. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a dating app. I mean, you already know you have something in common with them. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second. How much do you know about dating apps? I just want to stop there for a second. <laughs> I know, uh, I know very little. Yeah. How many you know, accounts do you have? Uh, What's your favorite? <laughs> the uh, the uh, only one I know about because of the jingle, I think, is uh, Farmers Only. Oh yeah, you don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be lonely. Yeah. Um, so. But that—that's a good example, right? They know yeah. farming, right? That's right, right. Like, that's the thing. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's cool too because Paul, who I who I met, um, is from Ohio, but he's got an apple orchard oh, cool. there, okay. and, and he's interested in starting to get into making hard making cider, cider, maybe. And I was like, hey, I I know a, you know a couple of different cideries. Yeah, New York State is that, a good good place to. And I I mean I like that. I know the owners of the companies. I said I'll. I'll Mm-hmm. hook you up you just let me know so i gave him business cards and say yeah you know shoot me a text sometime and, and let me know yeah. actually one of my college roommates <clears throat> is a big cider guy nice down, downstate so yeah 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 but it's booming out there in ohio too he's telling me they you know they just oh, sure. they, on their orchard they just introduced two years ago they do the uh the cider donuts in the fall and everything so mm-hmm. like <laughs> they were telling me it's like people are lining up out the door oh, yeah it's cider a donuts. gold mine yeah 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 so you need the some modern cider. day gold rush. You need yeah. some need some flour, need some sugar, and a gigantic fryer, and you're good to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, not much overhead in that one. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's my that's really cool. That's my roundabout listener communication because that's yeah. that's what listener communications can lead to. You know. Well, and I realized really cool. that um, um, bots is only one letter away from mots. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's completely different names, really, but right, almost the same uh, initials. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which is a little funny because I was like, I didn't intend that when we yeah, when I right, no, presented. Yeah. I was like, it's it's a line from a hymn, you know, the yeah. music of the music of the spheres. But um, yeah, and uh, well, the, the, there's the the serpent as the ancient symbol f- of knowledge, right? Sure. So so that's you know, they're, that's what their their name comes from is that theme of that they're seeking you know seeking knowledge. To, right. And, and they're very similar to us. They're like highly, uh, highly admittedly that they don't have the answers, you know, like we're just as confused as you guys are, but, but curious, you know, yeah. they, they keep it curious as well. So it's a fantastic show. I'd recommend it. I'll put a link in the show notes, but Great. Um, yeah. So that was a neat listener communication. Yeah. And um, yeah, I may have something else to talk about next time too in the chicken part. Cause I'm, I got, 
an invite to go to one of our listeners, our listener friend who is from the yoga studio, who is, uh, practices the Baha'i faith. Right. Yeah. yeah. They they have a, a holy day coming up, and okay. I was invited to a celebration for that. Oh, cool. So I okay. think I'm going to go and um, and and you know see, sort of see what that's like, and so I'll be able to share a little bit of of that experience. Which yeah. Is very cool. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Um, just give people the social update if there's anything on there, and then uh, I'll go get a couple of cold cans. Yeah, maybe we'll start a Slack channel. Yeah, starts starts slacking here. Um, but yeah, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Those are uh, where you can find our pictures and uh, kind of a little update about what the podcast episode is about. And on Facebook, I usually link the. Um, both the um, Apple Podcasts and the um, Spotify. That's kind of mainly where people are are downloading the podcast. So you can uh, easily download the podcast. Or, I mean, if you subscribe, they just automatically download, which is always nice. They just pop up in there, um, you know, ready for you Thursday mornings. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because sometimes I don't quite get to posting to the social media uh, on Thursday morning because I'm a little bit groggy, um, <laughs> a little groggy, <laughs> and then uh, clients come fast and quick. So yeah, yeah. Then it's uh, Thursday afternoon before I know it, and like, oh no. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you subscribe, they just download automatically. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I, don't, see, I don't even know how this stuff works. I mean, I know I I put it into that thing and then it goes everywhere. But right, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think if you subscribe, it just sort of like automatically downloads and it, yeah. you can probably have notifications on that yep. say uh, you know, Music of the Spheres new podcast is ready yeah so very cool I don't like notifications so I don't have any of that turned on I don't like to be notified <laughs> about anything on my phone really except yeah. for like text messages yeah but that's just how I roll that is that is how you roll I need to you know like Lila I can't be distracted <laughs> yeah her learning environment sounded very much like a yeah. living room <laughs> it sounded very much like a, a nap yeah preparing for yeah, yeah. uh some uh yeah, peaceful things that are going to relax me and there's lots of fluffy blankets and pillows <laughs> and quiet <laughs> like yeah. okay yeah <laughs> you're just having a nap <laughs> which is i mean i uh, had somebody tell me one time um a minister actually that I used to work with. He was um, older of the of the next generation up and retired, and was my mentor for a little while. And he told me one time that one of his methods for preparing a sermon is actually to to work on it, you know, and, and get get an idea and read the scripture and you know read any other like whatever resources he's going to look up for it or you know do the sort of the background work. But then, you know, get an idea kind of going, and then he like goes to take a nap. Right, but he doesn't. His goal is not to fall asleep. His goal is to get into that liminal space between <laughs> awake and asleep, where he's like uh, uh, floating within the the letters yes. on the page. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a lot like yoga, like in savasana at the end of yoga, which you're going to experience soon, right? Are you going to come for? Are you going to come? Yeah, I'm to still trying to like soon? figure out the timing. Yeah, you got to get um, your two week window. It might. Oh. Yeah, it might be when. Um, when internship is over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I have to wait, you know, yeah. for New York State to get me my yeah <laughs> permit. So it's so cool. It's I might like, have extra time. 
Savasana is like waking. It's like a waking dream. It's 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 the closest thing I can describe. It's like you, um, you know, like you, you're sort of laying there, relaxed and, and quiet and still, you know. Uh-huh. And it's and it's pretty peaceful. And there's maybe a little bit of music going. But then you know, you close your eyes and you lay down and and um, hmm. and there've been a couple times where I've been tired enough. Like if I go to an evening class, I almost fall asleep. You know, but even like in the morning, like this, I went this morning and I was like, you get so deep into this place that it's not, but it's not sleep and it's not normal dreaming, you know, but it's also not your normal stream of consciousness. It kind of starts that way. Like your mind wanders through the things that it normally does, but Mm -hmm. then everything kind of slows down and you get into this other space. And sometimes it's like really interesting what you're, what you start thinking and seeing and, and yeah, and experiencing there. So Hmm. So anyway, that's yeah. I look forward to that. That all comes from Lila's mind of the middle schooler segment. I guess so. But anyway, it's time for some beer. You brought us Molson Canadian Lager. This is our first. This is our first trip north of the border, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I don't think we've had. I don't think we've had a Canadian any. beer yet. So Molson Canadian, um, yeah. which is uh, very fitting because I'm a Toronto Blue Jays fan, and I don't have my Blue Jays. Uh, hat on now, but I, but I do love the Blue Jays, yeah. um, and uh, and our Grandpa Faye was a big Molson Canadian. He was, fan, yeah. wasn't he? Yep, yeah. He'd get the screw top bottles, screw top, so he could screw the <laughs> the cap back on, like yeah, you know, quarter <laughs> way through through the bottle. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah you open the fridge, like yeah, the, that fridge in the garage. Uh-huh. You know, I'd go, I was, I would always sneak in there and steal sodas out of the bottom yeah. of it. Yeah, you know? I'd go over to his house and drink like fourteen sodas in one day. <laughs> like, and Grandma would be like, "You can't have that much soda." <laughs> well, yeah. I just I'm did. gonna go outside to the barn and we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I would open that. I was like, "What's, what's this bottle? It's been you know." And then the next day, I open up. It's still there. It's yeah. the same amount of beer in it. <laughs> it's like, how long is he gonna leave that thing? <laughs> Likes it to get all uh, flat. And, yeah. Yeah. So Molson Canadian. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. You want to describe the can? Um, <clears throat> Molson in like a script sort of font. And then the Canadian has uh, blue and red. Uh, <laughs> one one letter uh, is blue. Next is red. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly why blue? Because I mostly think of like the red maple leaf. And right, right. I don't think of blue. Yeah. As part of any anything about Canada. And their flag is just white and red, right? Right. Yeah. The flag is just the red maple leaf yeah. and the white flag. I mean, I guess the blue jay is what is that the country bird or is that like it might just be their national a, bird? Yeah. Right, national bird. Yeah. Or maybe good. Ontario's do, do each of the uh, what are they called? Um, like Quebec and. The provinces? Province, is that what it's called? I think they're provinces. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I got to brush up on it because I'm a, you know. Yeah, I'm, if you're a Blue, you know, Blue Jays, Jays you got to know. You got to gotta know. I mean, if that, if this is Ontario's bird of prey or. <laughs> yeah, wh- <laughs> where is it? Is it made in Toronto? Uh, that's a great I question. look before I open it. Now I can't turn it uh, sideways. Toronto, yeah. Molson Coors, Canada. Union made. Yeah. Oh, wow. Molson Coors. So, yeah, yeah. That's right. They yeah. are part of the Coors family. And is Coors part of your uh, uh, catalog at the uh, distributor? At our distributor, yeah. Our distributor handles all Coors okay. stuff. So this, yeah. 
this came out of this went on the same truck as yeah. my my beer. Well, it's kind of making sense too because I keep buying all my beers at the same shop. Yeah, and they probably just have. Yeah, yeah I would assume yeah. they would just have one beer distributor. Yeah, dropping off their beers. So yeah. I feel like it's a safe place because I I know all these other beers are in in the catalog. Right, right. You know, so it is a beautiful like not the palest beer we've had. It's a little more yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little, it like fits the darker yellow. Fits yeah. the mold like perfectly. Now, I remember it obviously like smelling skunky, but that was probably cuz grandpa like left it out in the sun. He had the he had the bottle open. Well, the green bottle. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the green bottle yep. too, right? Letting all yep. that light in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the light is what skunks it. Yep. There's a compound in hops. And I think I've talked about this on the show before that reacts yeah. Almost immediately when sunlight hits it, it just it just takes the compound. You know how you know molecular compounds are, look if you draw the molecular structure. You know, like from chemistry class, it, it's all the same stuff. But the sunlight, the energy of the sunlight when it hits it, it's not as stable. And so when the energy hits it, it just flips into another form. Okay, you know, like some of the things rebond in a different way or whatever. It's all the same stuff, but it just flips its shape. And when it does that. The smell goes from, you know, floral mm-hmm. uh, and like, you know, garden, you know, or or maybe even a little bit of like citrus character. Mm-hmm. It goes from that to skunkiness. Sure. Sort of having that skunky thing. And so that's what sunlight does. So if you, you know, go to a brew fest, you know, you get yourself a nice fresh IPA inside mm-hmm. the tent and you look at it and you take one sip and it's delicious. And then you go out and you stand in the sun talking to your friends for a few minutes uh-huh. and you take another sip. And you're like, what happened to my IPA? It was like, yeah. and it can happen in less than a minute, you know, up to, you know, minute or two and it's, it's skunked. Yep. Yeah. Sunlight kills it fast. It's interesting. It's kind of like the, um, I don't know exactly how to say it. If, uh, you know, when you learn the color wheel in art class in like fourth grade or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like how quickly, uh, uh, blue and green turn to you know a different color. Blue and red turn to purple, right? Right, right. It's like yeah. how quickly that can happen if yeah. you're not careful with your you know with your paintbrush. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, My paintings always end up. This brown is like the uh, yeah the uh, odiferous version of that. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? Ooh, like, nice word. Yeah. Odiferous. Yeah, at 10 yeah. p.m. Yeah, <laughs> surprised That's you've it only came had out. one sip of beer. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Try saying odiferous five times fast after two molten Canadians and see how that goes. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good five percenter right here. <laughs> yeah, is it five percent? I didn't see I that. Think so. Oh yeah. Five percent. Yep. Yeah, I, I like this actually. It's very, um, it's very crisp. Mm-hmm. the The cereal grain character is really nice at the end. You mm-hmm. know, just like the, you know, the enjoyment that you get when you, just like a, a bowl of breakfast cereal. It's not like a sweet one, but just like right. a like good the, like you know, like cornflakes, cornflakes or Cheerios or whatever mm-hmm. one you like best. It's not just yeah. coated with sugar and stuff. Chex mix, like that good like cereal. Or- grain character yeah. or even if people just like kind of simple oatmeal you know mm-hmm. that, that you know the sort of the cereal grains like those are yeah you know that it's really nice in this beer and then it finishes really clean no wonder it's you know they can put on their canadian and just you know the whole country gets behind it yeah yeah official uh official beer of the blue jays yeah is it i don't know i think i think labat is a big oh blue jay beer you're, yeah, think, you're probably right. I think so. Yeah, Labatt. I mean, that's those would be the two: is Labatt and 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 Molson. I wonder which one's bigger because they're know. not in the same house; they're competitors. 
I'm pretty sure. Okay. You know, like Miller and Coors, they're owned by the same companies. So right. Must be, maybe it's like, yeah, like Bud and Miller. Yeah. Against. Yeah, Bud versus Coors. That's the big, that Bud Light versus Coors Light's the big thing. Yeah. And, yeah. But all the young kids are drinking Miller Light. I wonder what the young Canadians are drinking. Oh, that, that or, oh. or Molson, right? If we have anybody listening in Canada, they can. We need, yeah, we know. need, we need Canada yeah. to, to chime in here, which we know we've gotten at least one download in Canada. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I know you listen to your Blue Jays games, but maybe the, the next time you catch one on on TV, yeah, they're probably selling Labatt. And now that I think about it, it that I feel like I've seen that, like, yeah, you know, behind home plate yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Labatt's in yeah. with the Blue Jays. Yes, we have uh, a total of two downloads in Canada. Okay. So, well, so that's that's a chance. That's if you least. make it to episode 24 <laughs> in Canada, <laughs> you're going to need to download it more than twice. Great. Well, that's a Molson Canadian. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Um, it's, that's a good, that's good. That's it's good. good yeah. I like it. Very good. It tastes like a nice, Unders- good uh, summer baseball beer. Yeah, yeah. I understand why grandpa would, would drink a mm-hmm. third of one and then put it in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break, and then Jason's got a topic for us for tonight. We're going to uh, sign off for a minute. We'll be right back here on the Music of the Spheres podcast. with bots <laughs> or applesauce or, yeah or applesauce that's right <laughs> that's got two t's that's true and but you can't hear them <laughs> you can only bots. hear well that just sounds like a bunch of s's <laughs> yeah there's no way to make up a lot of t's and they have an apostrophe right yeah because it's like theirs yeah they own yeah. that sauce right they own both of those t's <laughs> and the t's yeah. <laughs> they acquired the extra one somewhere along the way yeah <laughs> yeah. Is that uh is that uh the apple sauce juice that's uh up in uh New York State? I think so. Rochester. Yeah, I do area. believe I do believe so. Mots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A local favorite. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> From the same region as uh Genesee beer, right? Yeah. 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 A lot of good stuff come out of there. And Kodak, which I think was mentioned yes. last week. Yeah. Yeah, we, we keep talking about Rochester on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just comes to mind, I guess. Um, so yeah, we're in. Um, we're getting close to the end here. There's 
Um, of the of the book. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh this part. She she broke broke it into parts. Yeah. So this is part four. Um, and part five is just one chapter. Oh, okay. Most of the other parts are three chapters. Yeah. So. So this is the Nature Fix by Florence Williams. That's correct. Which you've been presenting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, and sim- similarly to to last week, she, I mean, she's still kind of doing all the same sort of, um, you know, brain science stuff. There's actually a picture of her on a mountain getting, um, you can see a computer up sitting on a rock. Yeah. And all these like cables going to the yeah. little EEG machine on yeah. her head. To yeah. sort of gauge her brain waves and stuff, so right. um, she's still doing that, like wherever she goes, you know, <laughs> yeah, just to right. kind of get a. That's kind of you know what journalists do; they try to get some data. That's yeah. you have to have something to write your book about, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. got to have something like. Well, yeah, yeah it can't just be all these random anecdotes. Yeah, I got to take pictures yeah. and I got to record data. Yeah, and then I can write my book. Um, but it was interesting that Lila. I mean, she's talked about Fowler a few times, but um, yeah. Interesting tonight because, um, really, these three chapters that are in this part are all kind of about how um, we allow nature to help us kind of learn about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so each each chapter in this section talks about uh, three different kind of groups of people that are learning. Uh, the first group is college students um, out in, uh, it's like Western United States. I, don't, I forget where it is. Um, Utah, I guess. Um, Moab, the okay. desert. Um, and then uh, the next chapter is about an all-women's group of uh, uh, veterans. Oh, who okay. would all say they have PTSD mm-hmm. of some sort, whether it was from battle, whether it was from like sexual assault, um, whether it was from something else, mm-hmm. uh, PTSD. And then uh, the third group is children. That's, oh, really? Uh, the third chapter in this part um, who have ADHD. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of hence my question to Lila about, you know, her preferred learning environment and, uh, what helps her kind of focus um, and take it all in. Right, right. So I thought this was interesting. The She uses a Calvin and Hobbes quote at the beginning of this uh, huh. whole part. Okay. Calvin says, look at all the stars. The universe just goes out forever and ever. And Hobbes says, it kind of makes you wonder why man considers himself such a big screaming deal. <laughs> and that's uh, Bill Watterson's famous yeah. comic, Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that quote before in other places. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember Dad kind of saying the same thing when we would, you know, we would get home from something and it'd be dark and mm-hmm. we lived out in the country so we could see the sky and, yeah. you know, he would uh, just get all sort of uh, philosophical on me. Yep. Be like, you know, look at, Look at all that, and yeah, think about how small we are, and right, right, right. Here we are fighting each other, or whatever, yeah. you know, philosophical Dave, whatever sort yeah. of uh conflict yeah. was on NPR that day, or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever right. that that he was driving home to, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I 
find myself doing the same thing as I yeah. as I get to my driveway at night looking mm-hmm. up because I we I don't live in the country per se, but I mm-hmm. night sky is still pretty bright where right where I am. So it's like oh yeah, this right. is a this is a really kind of profound way of grounding yourself and cutting getting getting the perception of your um existence sort of in check i guess yeah um so that's kind of what she does here um and i thought this first this first one was really uh really reminiscent of my time at fowler and maybe yours i mean lila mentioned that you worked there yeah i I also did um one of the things they have campers do is to uh you know either leave their phones with their parents Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, they lock them in a safe in the office, yep. <laughs> you know, and really ask them to disconnect from that for yep. the five days or whatever they're there for. Yep. Uh, so this group of college students uh, does the same thing in this uh, advanced psychology class called Cognition in the Wild. Um, they go to the desert for a few days and they, you know, they camp and explore and, um, you know, they're vigorously discouraged, um, to use their phones. Yeah. How many days did you say? Um, a few. Oh, okay. It's unclear. I'd say at least four. So it's a few days though, but they go out and no phones. Mm -hmm. They, you said vigorously discouraged. Yeah. you like tase them if they don't or something <laughs> like what is it i don't know yeah i don't know if it's uh, uh peer pressure you know or uh they just start picking on them yeah no uh <laughs> no sunscreen i don't yeah. know <laughs> you're going in the desert you can choose one or the other yeah. Yeah. well that'd be good <laughs> that's like a good question to ask at a party yeah you know, like, would you rather yeah, yeah yeah it's a good would you rather you know when you're standing by the punch bowl <laughs> you're like would you rather have your phone or sunscreen in the desert? You can only take one. <laughs> Do you want to be my friend? <laughs> um, so the professor, whose name is David Strayer, he sort of bills this as a seminar on how our mental experience is connected to the environment. Um, another interesting thing, I remember you saying something. I don't know exactly... Oh, I'm glad I stuck with you. How, how you, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> how you quoted it. Um, but he, you know, the professor is talking to her about how when these kids, uh, like, e- even in the first night, you know, they've given, they've put their phones away, they've turned them off or whatever, and they're just sitting around a campfire, right? And right. they're just, you can see the community building, yeah, like as. Like right in front of you, which is, I mean, you don't see that happening if people have phones. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> um, so he kind of says, uh, by fire, they come alive. And then um, he mentions this French philosopher, Gaston Bachelard. Bachelard. I don't know if you pronounce the D. It sounds, sounds pretty good. Um, in 1938, that... Fire begat philosophy in drawing us together for meal preparation and warmth. Oh. Fire drove evolution. 
Yeah. Selecting those of us who could be sociable, communal, and yeah. even entertaining. Yeah. Um, but I remember, I don't know if we were actually sitting at a campfire, but you were talking about how... Um, I was getting like uh, Philosophical Dave. You was were, I, yeah. I was like I was getting like, Philosophical. Yeah, I was like, what, yeah. is dad sitting here? But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like... Yes, now we have to have a podcast so Jordan can <laughs> spill all this stuff out. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, the uh, uh, so the the fire burning is creating smoke that's going up mm-hmm. back into the same trees mm-hmm. that will eventually become the firewood that mm-hmm. is back in this fireplace mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is, you know, that is burned and becomes smoke that flows into right. these new trees. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't know. You were talking about sort of the cycle of mm-hmm. of uh, firewood. Right. Right, <laughs> but how how the how it also like um, inherently because the trees are giving us oxygen, mm-hmm. um, and we're kind of breathing in the I mean, hopefully not too much smoke, but it just kind of like is part of the experience too, and and so in these couple different ways at least how the trees are sort of interacting with us. Yeah, I think that's kind of oh yeah like what you were getting at. I don't know if you remember saying that, but no, I don't. It was no, something. I don't. Remember, like so the idea of like a cyclical nature to it, I and don't, I don't know if that's, I, that's not what I was gonna. I think what, that's my interpretation of it, yeah. Actually, because I don't exactly remember if that's what you were saying. Yeah, I think you were saying something else, actually, but I can't. I, yeah, this was my opportunity to maybe, uh, you know, s- smack off the rust and, <laughs> and see if uh, see if there's any like chrome under there. Yeah, and you're finding just more rust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is. Uh, this is gonna go in the scrap heap now. <laughs> yeah, put it out for. This one's not redeemable. For, for bulk trash pickup day, <laughs> which uh, got too expensive in our yeah, area. Yeah, I know they're not having it. It's because there's too much rust, yeah. <laughs> not enough chrome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, but I, I do, I do uh, appreciate that. I, I think, I mean, when I, one of the things. Like for me, I, I I'm always fascinated with, and I really like that quote that I you know that um, philosophy was born in in fire or in the fire, something like that, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't know, there is a there is a at least this is my own experience, and I and I know it is for some other people, not everyone, but but that that feeling of just sitting by you know a fire and mm-hmm. and. You know, whether it's something evolutional, you know, from our ancestry of, you know, fire providing life, you know, through warmth and through cooking and through protection from, you know, enemies or whatever, you know, might be or mm-hmm. predators, right? They don't want to come in by the fire and the light, you know, yeah, um, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, whether it's that or whether it's something even more inherent, what I, what I always think about is, and maybe this is what you remember, but this is what I think about. My favorite part of a campfire is the very end when it's all just the little embers. Okay. Right? And mm-hmm. if you've ever watched a campfire with, you know, when it's all dark around you, you don't have like lights from, from a house or a car or something like that. And it's just those embers there and you can watch the way that they flicker. Mm-hmm. Right. And the flicker kind of rolls through the, the embers as yeah. they finish burning for the night. Um, and it has a very, like twinkling star mm-hmm. appearance to it. Right? So I look at that and I like that, you know, reminds me of when you look up at the night sky yeah. and you see the twinkling of the stars. Well, then you realize that the actual, the energy that you're releasing 
from that wood mm -hmm. in the process of burning, the chemical reaction is releasing energy that was brought there by the sun. That's what you said. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's stored, it's stored in the wood, right? Yeah. That those chemical bonds that w they were formed by sunlight, by the energy of sunlight. Mm -hmm. And those chemical bonds were formed, and then the, the fire breaks those bonds chemically. And, you know, so when you're looking down at a fire and it's at those embers just flickering and they look like twinkling stars, you're actually looking at starlight. Yeah. You know, like it's actual starlight. It's just been stored for a while, <laughs> you know, yeah. however many years the tree was, right. you know, old and however old it or however long it was since the tree was cut down and stored as a piece of firewood mm -hmm. that that starlight is in it. Yeah. And you're just releasing it. And I, that's what I, I mean, in some way, I think that's why people love it. Right. Yeah. Who, who sits and looks at a big, beautiful, starry night sky and says, that's ugly, you know, yeah. I don't want to look at this anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, people with whatever that fear of wide open spaces maybe yeah. <laughs> don't like that. But, you know, but for the most part, everybody finds that absolutely beautiful. Right. You know, and the same thing when they, when you look at a fire, it's like, it's a, that's a nice fire. People walk by, you know, on a campfire and be like, oh, that's a nice fire you got going. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think even like, even people like I'm thinking of this uh, group of uh, girls from the lower east side of New York City that have also come up to camp. I think maybe like the one thing that isn't frightening um, about nature to them is the sky, the night sky. Oh yeah, it's probably like the only thing that's like oh, like awe-inspiring, right? And not sort of frightening, right? Because it is kind of it does feel like comforting. It feels yeah. Uh, there's something probably, or I mean, there's something probably like biological about that. Just yep. That we were sort of attuned to uh, notice it and understand it as a almost like a security blanket for yeah. lack of a better term right from well, that's what i was just thinking of though it is kind of like a blanket yeah you know like it's this cover it's a cover right you know like from from our perspective you look up and you know and even i mean that's where the name of the the podcast comes from is the you know the music of the spheres mm -hmm. you know this idea that you know the um the planets and the stars and stuff were set in these spheres that rotated around the planet right and so there were different spheres outside of planet earth that would spin around it and that's what made everything in the night sky move you know mm -hmm. it was some ancient worldview um but but even even in that it was viewed as like this this sphere that encapsulates earth yeah you know we understand it differently now but it's still as you look up visually it's like oh they're there it's like this you know yeah, it's like this dome over top of you, and so it does feel like holding and encapsulating in mm -hmm. some way. Yeah. So this entire uh, this entire chapter is kind of like um, getting to the getting to that idea of how um, by just being out uh, these students maybe for the first time, like um, like what we did at Fowler, um, mm -hmm. having to rely on building relationship with people mm -hmm. um utilizing basically the natural world around us because mm -hmm. we were forced into it for 12 hours a day right um you know how community builds and how bonds form mm -hmm. um i mean thinking through a lot of my close relationships have been at that place right where i was 
sitting around campfires with people mm-hmm. almost daily, right? Yeah. Or, or like, yeah, not only singing next to them, but like singing outside next mm-hmm. to them yeah. <laughs> in the breeze, he- hearing a wind chime or two. Yeah, you know, just all these different things. Um, so she writes here. Um, one of the underappreciated benefits of venturing into remote landscapes is that we are often thrown into connecting with each other, mm-hmm. um, which which is I I found I was uh, really resonating with that. <laughs> um, she also writes uh, that the ultimate paradox is that humans need both wilderness and civilization. At least, um, you know, I, maybe that's up for opinion, I guess. But I I tend to agree with that. Um, and that one makes us all more poised for the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did a sermon on kind of uh, um, mountaintop experiences. Mm-hmm. But then um, how you can't like stay on the mountaintop right, right. forever. Right? Was it Transfiguration Sunday? Maybe. Because that's, probably, that's yeah. like the classic message. Um, on, I've done it myself, you know, the, right. the Transfiguration. It's like... You got to go back into the valley sometime. Right, right. Yeah. 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 And for the uninitiated, Transfiguration Sunday is that it's when um, uh, a pair of the disciples, or there's three of them, right? Uh, Peter, James, and John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the in crowd. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was talking about this Sunday. Right. Right, right. It's like Thomas wasn't, yeah. you know, wasn't part of that right, right. Cool, cool kids yeah. group. Yeah. <laughs> he was like us. Yeah, Bartholomew. He didn't get a fight <laughs> yeah, right. to that one. <laughs> they were like... We can't even say your name, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> he was down there <laughs> gathering firewood. <laughs> yeah. So they could have some... Thomas some... was off like skipping rocks in the <laughs> local watering hole. But, but yeah, so it's, they go up there and they see like, it's, it's when, you know, uh, Jesus is revealed in a, in a different way, a sort of a almost paranormal way to them of, of who Jesus is in mm-hmm. this case, you know, and, um, and then they don't want to go back. Um, they, you know, their first instinct is to stay there. Right. So that's, that's kind of the general idea of, yeah. you know, and we've all experienced that though. Right. Like you go out in these beautiful places in nature mm-hmm. and you love it and, you know, you don't want to go back um, until like a couple of days later when you realize, but you really need a shower, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. that. That's that balance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think that you're that the author's talking about is is sort of that idea of needing needing both, mm-hmm. right? And we have a tendency to, you know, sort of gravitate towards the comfortable, right? So, yeah. you know, civilization gives us those comforts of being human. You know, and, and we get so comfortable in that environment mm-hmm. that we don't want to venture out. Um, but when you're out there, you really love it, you know. Yeah. But then there comes a time where it's like, okay, I need my bed now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, or I, yeah. Or I could yeah. use some heat. Yeah, how <laughs> stiff and cold can yeah. I be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For prolonged periods. Yeah, because we've been yeah. on, you know, you and I have been on some backpacking yeah. trips in the wilderness. Not a lot, but, you know. The yeah. things you you love, but you know it's not one of those. It's actually it's a lot like it's a lot like doing yoga. Uh, yoga is like the wilderness of the human body, you know. Because oh, you go sure. into these you go into these poses, and it's like this feels really different, and it feels really interesting, and I know myself in a different way. I don't want to stay in this pose forever, though. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. Like, uh-huh. but I really want to go there. You know, like yeah. this kriya that I've been doing 
you know, on these Wednesday mornings, it's been the same one for a, for a little while. And, um, they, there's some challenging parts, you know, and I mm-hmm. think about it at first, I'm like, oh, it's going to be hard because it's three minutes of holding this hard pose, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, you get into it and you're like, it's not so bad. It hurts a little bit, but in kind of a, in mm-hmm. a growing way, you know? And then right. you're like, when you're done, you're like, okay, I'm ready to be done now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but there's I get a, that balance. I, I, I guess right. I'm all just, I'm saying this to say I understand what you're all yeah. saying. There. And there was a, there was a day in, uh, Romania we were doing like a six-day hike with some well I guess ironically college students from America right that were in Romania yeah and we just happened to tag along and uh it was the most beautiful uh day because I had never hiked the mountains in Romania but the trees kind of stop it's different than that than the Adirondacks mm-hmm. um they're a little taller first of all so they look a little different um and then the trees kind of stop, so the tops are all just kind of rocky and just mm-hmm. different views than I than I was used to. Um, yeah. So that was awesome. But then um, coming down one of like one of the sides, it was like the coldest I had ever been, really? like ever. And it was like one of those fears is like I'm never gonna be warm like ever again. Yeah. It's like that uh, cremation of Sam McGee story. It's like I, yeah. you know, I gotta find a furnace to like, <laughs> put myself into. Yeah. And yeah. uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll thaw out. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so then I was like, I need to. This was awesome, but I need this to be done. Yeah, <laughs> like I yeah, need, right. I need something to be uh, yeah. different. Yeah, um, like feeling my feet again would be great. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she kind of put. I, I thought this was a lovely little way of like saying how um, nature itself does this kind of like has this kind of balance. Um, uh, she was talking about the San Juan River, which is where kind of where they were, um, the main watery artery of the region seeps and then gushes out of Colorado's southwestern mountains, joining the Colorado River some 380 miles farther down. At that point, it is technically no longer a river, but a giant placid lake created by Glen Canyon Dam. Like us, the river fully transforms from wild to domesticated. Hmm. Um, but hmm. it has no option for reversal like we do. <laughs> right, right. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a river flowing one yeah. way. So It's like the old uh, the old Super Mario Brothers. You can't scroll backwards. <laughs> yeah. Like once you pass that item box, uh-huh. you really wanted to get yeah. it, I can't go yep. back. <laughs> like it only scrolls one yeah. way. I'm only going to get so many coins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean this this whole ch- first chapter was just kind of like exploring how the how the students connected with each other because of this experience and um you know they did some rainwave stuff and um they talk about awe in there kind of similar to what we were talking about with mm-hmm. the the night sky uh being a blanket and yeah. um, you know your philosophy of of uh uh, the coals of a fire being the starlight. And yeah. It's and it's also like the only time I'm ever tempted to touch something I know I shouldn't. <laughs> uh because it's like you know, you see fire you're like, well, I know I shouldn't cuz it's going to burn me. Right. And flames yeah. don't I mean they don't really aren't they're not very enticing to touch yeah. anyway. Right, right. But then the co- I mean the coals are so beautiful. Yeah. It's like yeah. you know, you could almost like reach out and just sort of like Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Touch when you, it, but <laughs> when you first said that, I thought you were talking about like Reese's peanut butter cups or cheesecake or something. 
You might. <laughs> I really want to touch that, <laughs> but I shouldn't. <laughs> I really want to get to know you, Reese's Cup. <laughs> Hello, chocolate peanut butter cheesecake. My name's Jordan. <laughs> What's your sign? <laughs> if you were in the desert and you could only bring one thing, would it be a phone or sunscreen? <laughs> cheesecake. <laughs> uh, uh, so she kind of sums up the uh, the final part of this by saying, um, for millennia, humans, alone or in small groups, have at times sought out a uh, sparer, more elemental connection to the forces of nature. They come because they are needing something, and they keep coming because they are finding it. Their pursuits may be spiritual, interpersonal, or emotional, deeply human and complex, and unlikely to be explained in a bar graph. At the end of the day, uh, we come out in nature not because the science says it does something to us, but because of how it makes us feel. Hmm. Um, Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of that whole thing where you get to the sort of the so what point, you know? Mm-hmm. So what, right? You know, and and that's what with a lot of the things we talk about, right? It's it's like so this is, you know, this is a real thing that can be shown in studies, right? But mm-hmm. but you get to the so what moment of like, well, how does it change anything, right? And, yeah. and for for these, you know, for this study she's saying it's like it doesn't matter about the bar graphs or the yeah. or the data. It's just it it feels good right. to people. And that's yeah. why they do it. And that's why people keep you know, engaging mm-hmm. with nature in different ways because it just feels good, you know. But those things you can't, you know, you can't quantify, right, of feeling good, right? You can say you're feeling good, but mm-hmm. it's like it's not quantifiable to where you can put it into data and show points versus controls and things like that, right? So the scientific method helps, you right. know. Now, we've talked about that with other things, you know. It's like you can, you know, you can, people can talk about, you know, if they're having some sort of an esoteric experience of some sort, you know, yeah, you can. They can say it's very real for me, like this happened, or I understand life this way. But you can't really prove it, right? So then you prove it, but then it's like, yeah, but to this person, it still just matters that it was real. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. you don't have to prove that it was real to them. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, so I mean, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, because we feel something, uh, deep feelings and emotions. Um, the uh, next chapter kind of focused on an Ohio- uh, Idaho-based nonprofit called Higher Ground. Um, and as, as I kind of mentioned before, um, participants had to be former or current members of the military who suffer from PTSD. Um, and this was Higher Ground's first all-women's river trip. <laughs> okay. Um, and- so it's a group that... Um- works with any veterans that have PTSD, but this particular, Mm -hmm. this particular trip itself was all women. women. Okay. Yep. Um, of different, of different generations, even it sounds like, um, uh, so the plan was to float 81 miles of the river, um, trying skills. Really? I mean, higher ground is about trying outdoor sports. Okay. Um, as a way to combat, uh, the, effects of PTSD mm-hmm. by um, kind of like channeling the adrenaline, the brain chemicals into yep. 
you know, into the sport, yep. which will create confidence, create new memories, mm-hmm. um, create ways to distract oneself. Yep. Um, all those sort of things. That, take that energy that's already functioning in the brain for a negative way. Exactly. And redirect it to mm-hmm. something that's useful and positive and helpful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so kayaking, rowing, paddleboarding, um, participate in processing groups, team building activities, eat together, um, tenting, mm-hmm. fires, I'm sure. Yeah. Just like the first chapter. And then do it all over again. Um, you know, so she shares kind of the histories of some of the women. Um, and if you want to know about that, then you can read the book. About it. <laughs> it's The Nature Fix by Florence Williams. <laughs> yeah, right. We link to it in the show notes. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean pretty, um, I, was, I was reading through it and pretty, um, obviously, traumatic experiences since they have right. PTSD. Um, so symptoms of PTSD, a little bit of the science behind it. Um, cluster around four subgroups. So uh, that's kind of how it can show up um, by re-experiencing, right? That's kind of what you sort of think of, flashbacks, right. nightmares. So reliving um, yeah. some of the traumas. Yep. Um, avoidance and withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously trying to avoid situations that will cause the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, sort of varying moods and depression um, and then a sort of a hyper arousal, a jumpiness, mm-hmm. um, hyper vigilant, mm-hmm. um, trying to stay alert, keep to, guard, guard up all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> uh, sleep problems, and because of that, um, you know, other behavior that wouldn't be who you would say that you are. You know, right. aggression or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so they just tried to get these women out on a river and see what <laughs> see what would happen um positively um there there's a little bit more about the amygdala mm-hmm. our favorite little uh, nice. part of the brain stem yeah. um our nervous systems are naturally hardwired for fear mm-hmm. telling us what to avoid how to stay safe um some psychologists would say that fear is our oldest emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only I feared peanut butter cups more. Yeah, right. Yeah, you wouldn't go go up and harass them at a dinner party with your <laughs> my pickup terrible, line. My terrible pickup lines. <laughs> yeah, when they're like thinking, like, "Well, I'm gonna melt in the desert, man." Like, yeah, yeah. It's like no one would want to eat me if there was sunscreen all over me. <laughs> but if you don't give me sunscreen, I'm gonna melt. So it's lose, lose, really. <laughs> Now that's a question. <laughs> would you would you risk your your peanut butter cup melting or risk ruining it by putting sunscreen on it to save it from melting? Which one would you? Choose? And would sunscreen really save it from melting? I don't think it's gonna melt. It's just gonna be a really gross melted mess of chemicals and. Well, the chemicals. <laughs> if somebody if somebody has uh, invented a way, though, I mean, I guess it's like a a cooler, <laughs> but like yeah. a, something you can carry with you so that you could take Reese's yeah. into the desert with you. Yeah. Well, they, they must make they must make uh, like coolers that are shaped like fanny packs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so you I'm can sure. Just yeah. Strap it on, and it's like perfectly peanut butter cup size. Yep. Just throw it in there. <laughs> you can <good to> go. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't use ice though, because no. then it gets all wet and mushy. And, no, yeah, you know, it's like yeah. yeah, like you dry. You need like dry ice almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna solve this one. We'll get back to you episode number twenty-five. Yeah, we've got our we'll priorities straight. We'll here. figure out how to take peanut butter cups into the, the one way to d- survive in the desert. <laughs> Um, I mean, what's going to keep us away from fear is yeah. a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Uh, oldest emotion existing in the earliest planetary planetary life forms and predating even the drive to reproduce. We're back to the amygdala. Back to fear. Oh, fear. Yeah. Uh, which starts deep in our brainstem. In the amygdala. The Near m- there. Milk dud sized amygdala <laughs> oh is it really i guess so it's not very big no yeah yeah milk that is like and yet it, not even the size of a quarter right right right. <laughs> it's one shy of the quarter century mark. <laughs> and look how much it's controlling us yeah our, i know our, seriously it's um, amazing uh when fear alone rules us she says uh basically makes us not as smart <laughs> right right kind of this in a nutshell mm-hmm. and with ptsd um the brain stays locked in this amygdala hyperdrive where fear is ruling mm-hmm. um, and you can't bounce back to a baseline like others around you who might not have had that traumatic experience yeah um, so uh, as i said before uh this higher ground group um which i believe is still around um uh, says that engaging with nature or, or wildlife can reduce reduce trauma symptoms, um, providing a laser focus for a, a mind that's kind of all over the place, um, as well as a welcome distraction for unwelcome thoughts. Um, and then just the physical exertion, right, leads to mm-hmm. better sleep. Yeah. Um, previous chapters, the... Sensory of uh, sensory elements of nature can calm the nervous system as well, um, and also uh, release those uh, um, those nice the good feeling chemicals that the oh, brain yeah. has to offer as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, uh, oxytocin. Uh, oxytocin. Yeah. No, is that um, the one? No, that's the. Uh, is that is that the one that's released when you when you pet your dog or get a hug or something like that? I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I just totally uh, derailed your segment. No, I'm now. Now I'm just thinking. I I should know um, what's. Yeah, what's that pleasure releasing? It's like now I, I'm getting all my chemicals mixed up. Um, yeah, oxytocin is the love hormone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's uh, yeah, it's released in small amounts when. Uh, Touch, hugs, you know, even just petting your dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the other one I was thinking, yeah, dopamine, I guess. Yeah. You know, the uh, pleasure. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Um, we don't need a work cited page for this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's right up Right here. in our brains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so she kind of ends this by talking about... Um, in the last days of the river, um, they floated through a landscape that had been ravaged by wildfire, interestingly enough, mm. uh, in 2000 and again in 2012. Um, 
But at the sight of the older blaze, these teenaged evergreens were rising. Mm-hmm. Um, around the charred stalks of the more recent fire were a carpet of brilliant uh, green grasses. A reminder that life cycles onward. Um, one of the women who, uh, she was the oldest um, veteran there, her name was Linda, um, who, had, who had been institutionalized for depression, sat with her arms wrapped around her life jacket um, and said, the trees can't control their lives. Uh, we can't always control what happens to us. The trees can teach us acceptance and metamorphosis. It was cool, cool. that Linda had yeah. sort of, you know, they had gone yeah. on this trip and figured that out. Yeah. Um, and so most of the women months later would look back and say this rafting trip helped them with their uh, long journeys to recovery. Uh, the only one who... Uh, said it didn't was because she just thought it was too short. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if it was yeah. if it was longer, it, mm-hmm. it probably would have lasted. Um, she wasn't ready to go back to civilization yet. <laughs> right? Yeah, she needed a longer mountaintop yeah. she experience. Could, she could do four more days yeah. without a shower. Yeah, yeah. Her uh, her amygdala is very very strong, so she <laughs> needed a little more time to find ways to. Uh, counteract then, it yeah every now and then you get the big milk dud <laughs> yeah right yeah that's what happened yeah, it's been like two two duds stuck together <laughs> yeah yeah is that just one like you know creating another one like a parent cell you know and they like split you know is that what it is or is it that two got stuck to each other in the box yeah that's Good question. I don't, I don't know how milk does. Did someone take their box out into the sun for too long? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't put any sunscreen on these milk dots. <laughs> Somebody's yelling at him in the factory. <laughs> um, they also, what's interesting, they get a, a recreation fund after their trip, each higher ground participant. Oh, cool. Um, to keep pursuing some sort of outdoor sport. That's fun. To help, uh, you know, Get yeah. the oxytocin, the yeah. dopamine, the ways of um, um, counteracting some of that strength of the amygdala. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, women uh, gathering together, all with PTSD, getting, again, out in nature, because it's a book about nature. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Obviously, but um, um, seeing the, uh, Linda, at least, seeing the metamorphosis of trees and how they can go through fire and uh, come back on the other side, come mm-hmm. through it. Um, yeah. Cool. And then the last one is about uh, students with PTSD, uh, P- uh, ADHD, sorry, all yeah. these, too many letters, man. <laughs> hey, that's welcome to your new life, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, seriously. What's, what's it going to say after your name? LMHC? Right? LMHC. See, yeah. there you go, right? <laughs> but then there's like all the different ones, right? There's like... LMHS or L. Yeah, I could probably get a couple yeah. dashes right after that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and still before my name is the REV. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can describe your whole being in just groups of letters. <laughs> <laughs> and the calendar spells out my name. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, so uh, this is North Carolina. Okay. This is a. Uh, kind of mainly talking about this boarding school 
uh, very expensive. So it's kind of like a, I don't know, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Uh, SOAR, which is standing for something. <laughs> and I did not underline like, that part of the book. <laughs> like S-O-A-R? S-O-A-R. Oh, okay, not like S-O-R-E. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if I'll. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. I don't see it okay. anywhere. Um, we just we just know it's the right sore, you know. Yeah, S O A R. Yeah, yeah. Um, a well established camp for kids with ADHD and related learning disabilities. Okay. With a founding principle, um, was that kids with ADHD thrive in the outdoors? Yeah. Um, and since then, ADHD diagnoses have exploded. Um, and this is a couple years ago, but uh, 11% of American teens are said to have it. While recess, physical education, and kids' access to nature have shriveled. Yep. Um, and she talks a little bit kind of about maybe some, some things we've already heard her say about uh, how the human brain evolved outside. I mean humans just used to sort of spend most of their time outside um interestingly ADHD got its start 150 years ago right around the same time as compulsory education <laughs> really um so there is kind of a correlation between the two hmm. um as soon as kids especially kind of started uh moving indoors for their education um or having a more structured learning environment as yeah. opposed to yeah. life on a farm or right right uh whatever it was oh, yeah i have to admit this uh i just i just quick jumped online and looked up the word compulsory yeah you know cuz i think i had a different idea of what it meant okay and the definition that I got is required by law or a rule, comma, obligatory. Right? <laughs> so obligatory is also a great word. Ob- yes, obligatory. <laughs> it's odiferously obligatory in here. <laughs> I got to wrap my head around that one. <laughs> yes, that's, my, that's the name of my book of poetry that I'm working on. <laughs> There's only one poem in that. I just said it. <laughs> It's like we're forced to smell things down <laughs> yeah. here. Is that yes, basically yes, what yes, exactly? <laughs> we are two dudes hanging out in a, in a, a closed in room, a small yeah. studio. Different <laughs> <laughs> story, different But yeah, no, that is that is interesting though because um, the idea that it's that it's learning no longer by choice or by nature mm-hmm. right like life is learning right yeah i mean we've learned things every day P- people make that joke oh you learn something new every day but it really is 100 percent true you know i mean every single day yeah. we're we're learning things we didn't know before um even if they're in small ways mm-hmm. you know or 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 in non-quantifiable ways just the way right. that you learn how to approach situations or mm-hmm. whatever you know and so it's like but, but yeah, when it be, when it becomes something that is obligatory, you know, it takes your choice away. Yeah, and then at that point, it's yeah, 
can become difficult yeah. to exist in that space. I have a thought on that, and I, I wrote down for my segment. All right. So I won't I'm looking forward anymore. to that. Um, so not only will um, exploratory kids feel bored and inadequate in conventional schools, uh, constraint setting actually makes symptoms uh, that show up with ADHD even worse. Mm-hmm. Is kind of the the hypothesis, I guess. Um, educated guess. There's enough <laughs> enough data for it to be educated. Um, so uh, students with with ADHD um, may have trouble listening or sitting still, get distracted by external stimuli. Um, easily bored, tend to be risk takers, looking for charged activities that help flood their brains with the feel-good uh, neurotransmitters. Here they are, like yes. dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, mm-hmm. um, which otherwise get gummed up in the ADHD brain. Um, kids with ADHD are more likely to suffer um, <laughs> sort of like uh, bad things because of this sort of risk taking mm-hmm. uh, you know like head injuries or accidentally ingesting things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or um, drugs <laughs> things like that yeah um so as, as part of uh, why this school exists sore i'm i can look it up in the break and you yeah know, give give the, <laughs> what that acronym actually stands for <laughs> a school somewhere in north carolina yeah um but getting people getting kids outside and um, most of the learning happens out there so that they can kind of go back to the more natural way of uh, children learning. I, actually, my professor in uh, uh, for the lifespan class, um, you know, counseling people through the lifespan, mm-hmm. uh, his main thing he wanted us to know about children was that their job is to play. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That yeah. is their job. So, um, yeah. So now we move to Friedrich Froebel. Okay. That's how I'm choosing to say his name. Nice. He's born in 1782 near Weimar, okay. in the heart of Germany's ancient forests and lush vales. Oh, so we're going way back. 1782, you said? 1782. Okay. Yep. And he's born by the forests of Germany. He was a yep, a, and a student of natural history who came of age under the spell of romanticism. Ah, <laughs> yes. Haven't we all been under that spell? Yeah, the <laughs> lover of Jean-Jacques Rousseau. <laughs> oh, look at these rose petals you've placed all over the beds, interspersed with peanut butter cups. <laughs> I'm under a spell. Maybe he was the person who invented peanut butter cups in 1782. Um, everything is good as it comes from the hands of the author of nature, Rousseau wrote, and, uh, Froebel delighted, but everything degenerates in the hands of man. Ah, yes. Womp womp. Um, so in Froebel's day, I don't, I really, I don't, do you know what the two dots above an O in, uh, German mean? Mm, I mean, I know it's called an umlaut, but I don't know what it Okay. Does to the way you say the word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. So I'm just saying. I think it, it would like make a long it, O. Yeah. I think it would make it more of a U sound. Would be my guess. Frubel. I don't know. Yeah. Fr- yeah. I would think it would be more. Is it F R O E? F R O B E L. Yeah. I would think it would be more like an U sound. Frubel. 
I think I'm not sure though. Yeah. Mm. But we've gotten some downloads in Germany, so someone oh, yeah. can help Maybe us out. Maybe someone can help us out. Six downloads in Germany. Oh, cool. That's more than Canada. Yeah. So it's yeah. like uh, more than double of Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, Children under the age of seven typically stayed at home or were farmed out to uh, crashes okay. of convenience. Um, and Froebel <laughs> understood that an education filled with nature and art could instill a lifelong readiness to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I'm getting to the point that he basically invented uh, kindergarten. <laughs> All right, because that's a German word. Right. Yeah. yeah. I never really thought about it, but yep. it is. Yeah. That children would absorb the natural world through all their senses. Mm-hmm. So it's his idea for kindergarten. Um, you know, they would grow plants outdoors. They would exercise. They would dance and sing. Mm-hmm. Right. They would do their job, which yep. is to play. Yeah. Um, they would manipulate simple objects like blocks, wooden spheres, colored papers. Uh, thus learning almost despite themselves yeah. the universal laws of geometry, form, physics, yeah. and design. Yeah. Um, but, there's always a, there's always a but. <laughs> Somewhere. Um, yeah. this, this but is in the late 19th century. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, educators saw the need to prepare children, especially working class children, mm-hmm. for an industrial work life. Yep. And so kindergarten, this beautiful idea of kids, you know, being outdoors, planting, exercising, dancing yep. among the gardens, uh, shifted to more time indoors and the lessons became more programmatic. Which, as you can imagine, for students with ADHD, already a sort of a struggle to like Lila was even talking. I don't, I don't think she's even been diagnosed with ADHD, and it's hard for her to sit in the chairs made in the prisons. Yeah, <laughs> whatever no, she's talking from. about. She's like, yeah, it's made by a bunch of prisoners. And I'm like, whoa, hey, <laughs> um, this just took a left turn. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I guess they're not very comfortable or ergonomic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, uh, you know, Froebel believed that nature play enhances at least two activities known to develop children's cognitive and emotional development, exercise and exploratory play. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the move sort of to this more structured indoor learning, those those two things were um, obviously uh, greatly decreased. and so it just kind of goes, uh, she, she ends uh, back with a student, Zach, who's at SOAR. Um, that he, are, he and his pails are, again, gathered around the fire pit. <laughs> um, they're about to do kind of like a ceremony at the end of the school year and yeah. kind of share with uh, people visiting what they've, what they've learned throughout the year and how um, being outdoors and... Um, really getting back to the original ideas of kindergarten have kind of enlightened them and mm-hmm. made them feel like actually like more like normal quote unquote students. Yeah. Even though the environment is what we would consider unorthodox. Yeah. Um, but just an interesting, I mean, those models exist to either 
help college kids kind of see a different world or to help um, women with PTSD um, or students with ADHD mm-hmm. just to kind of give them different viewpoints, give them different uh, ways of um, finding people in a similar life situation mm-hmm. to uh, explore the world together and make sense of, you know, a big kind of scary world that is at the same time beautiful, but um, because of uh, whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. trying to be civilized or fear or whatever, we close out part of that world and don't uh, utilize it to its fullness. So, yeah, yeah I thought it was kind of an interesting part yeah, of the book. Um, I mean, she had kind of brushed on uh, relationship in other parts, but this was kind of really specific scenarios, especially the PTSD and ADHD chapters Yeah, of things that people are going through that really... Um, I mean, really kind of negatively impact them in just what we would call everyday settings. Mm-hmm. So get them out into different settings and see what can happen. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Of course. I, uh, I think we're going to take a little break now and then we'll come back yeah. and I've got some thoughts. It's a peanut butter cup break, right? Oh, yeah. Do you have any, uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, well, I don't. Nope. Convenience store. There goes that idea. <laughs> we have to go get some. Yeah, go up to Stewart's, crack, get another six pack of Molson. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Oh, I I think I missed the eggs. There, they still selling the Reese's eggs. There's probably some somewhere. That's what's nice about those. There's like a more a little more peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good ratio. The regular cup is out of balance. You yep. got to find those those off uh-huh. sizes, off shapes <laughs> yeah. to get the right amount of. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. We're going to go eat some peanut butter cups, and we're going to be right back here on the Music of the Spheres podcast. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Segment number three on episode number 24 of Music of the Spheres podcast. So we've heard from Jason in another installment of the book Nature Fix, and I'm here to share some of my thoughts on that 
presentation. So thank you, Jason, for continuing your your delve into this book and the topic. Uh, it is fascinating and very well timed as we are in our region of the world mm-hmm. coming into the season of spring. You know, as you were talking about before, it it's a time of year where you know nature really does kind of come alive around us, and I you know it, yeah. it happens in different seasons and different cycles in different parts of the world. But uh, speaking of, there's a there's a ladybug uh, claw, crawling up your. It's crawling up my beer. Your dreams book. Oh, my dreams book. Yeah, oh, wants to get a look at your. As long as it's not my beer. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, now it's headed for the beer. Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned it. <laughs> well, hey, I gotta try that out. <laughs> What's that from Canada? Yes. Yeah, so don't Never worry. Never been. There's no peanut butter cups in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But nature finds a way. Nature, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't use the pause. Uh, yeah. Nature uh, finds a way. <laughs> uh, some of the best placed uhs in history, right there. Uh, but I was pondering as you were talking about this, um, you know, that, that I, I think she obviously is a clever individual, um, but her title of her book. Is has a dual meaning, I believe. Yeah. Right. The idea of like, you know, when we talk the nature fix, right? Like, you know, it's like my peanut butter cup fix. You know, like you got, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you got to get my fix. Get you my know, cup of morning yeah. Joe. Yeah. Get my fix. Yeah. I'm jonesing for that. Like I'm jonesing to get outside. Jonesing. Yeah. Jonesing, Man, yeah. people don't use that enough. And who's Jones anyway? And what was his big thing? I don't know, you but know? people. Probably people all- wanted to be him. I don't know. <laughs> if everybody's Jones, keeping up with the Joneses, <laughs> I guess I don't know where that comes from. Because people are Jonesing for something that sounds so cool. Yeah, yeah. Man. I wish I was Jones. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you, you're confusing me now. <laughs> I don't know Jonesing for something. It's like always good if you're Jonesing for it. It's like. You really want it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe true. it's not good. Maybe it's not healthy. Right. I mean, it's not good. But that you should be jonesing that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely what'd some. What did you think of that one? Do you like that? <laughs> there's definitely some limits to jonesing. Yeah. <laughs> and we said that and we said that Florence Williams was clever. <laughs> yeah, Listen right. to us for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And anyone might think they're clever. (laughs) Would you like to feel smarter than us? Listen to our podcast. (laughs) Just smart in general. Uh, Yes, we're we're great uh, comparative study in that realm. Um, Double meaning. Yes, the book Double Meaning, Nature Fix, like, you know, that was my first thing was like, you know, getting your nature fix. Yeah. Right. But but now, you know, especially getting into this chapter... Right, where it's actually people are are finding a fix mm-hmm. to their issues through yeah. nature. Right, it's actually you know it's not just it's not just about oh this makes me feel better or it makes me feel good or it gives me this like sensation that I want to repeat. So therefore I'm jonesing for it and mm-hmm. you know want <laughs> I want to have my nature fix. Yeah, you know it's not just that. It's actually no. If I do this intentionally, it can actually address an issue that I have in my life in a positive way. Yeah. Um, so it can fix some issues mm-hmm. in in some ways, which were outlined. So I kind of, you know, I, I just, I, I guess probably that was kind of always the idea of the title, but I think this is where it really comes into fruition, yep. you know, 
that, that that's what's that's what's going on. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I just liked the beginning of of your part where you talked about you know the sort of awe that you get, and you talked mm-hmm. about our dad Dave being in philosophy mode, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and you know he jokes a lot, right? And sometimes he jokes in a pretty dry way, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, so whenever you would start on that, I would always giggle a little bit, and then he'd be like, "No, seriously," yeah. you know. And then he goes into it, you know. It's like yeah, he, he was jonesing for a nice conversation yeah, with yeah. his son. Yeah, yeah, he wants. It's, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. I know we're being serious now. <laughs> yeah, it's like because usually you're not being serious, and now we gotta be serious. Okay, I can do that too. <laughs> but uh, when he would get into those things, you know. Um, you sort of expand your mind into a bigger place, you know, sure. uh, when you start thinking about that. And, and I, I always wonder, you know, um, and we heard about this in the, in the Dean Radin stuff was like, when you, you know, you can, you can figure these things out, you know, like, yes, you know, uh, the gigantic nature of what I'm looking at when I look at the night sky you know, reminds me of the perspective that I'm smaller, you know, or mm-hmm. my problems are smaller than I, you know, would have thought before. And we heard about that with the NDE stuff as well, you know, that, yeah. you know, you go to this other experience, this other place, or you're talking to the light or whatever it might be, and you have this, you know, this this sort of mind-expanding you know, consciousness expanding experience, even if it's, you know, like an an NDE you know, or meditation or psychedelics or just a really good philosophical conversation around a campfire, mm-hmm. you know. But what I always struggle with after those things is is to, then how do you go back, you know, and how do you take that back yeah. into everyday living, everyday life, you know. And you talked about it with, with this is like, you know, there's this balance between, you know, wilderness and civilization, you mm-hmm. know, and that we, we sort of want to strike that balance and i think maybe that's one of the biggest challenges that that i've experienced you know just in my own life is how do you find that balance you know of i have enough of this sort of like philosophical approach to things or i have enough of you know uh, i have a a big enough perspective you know but i'm also can still just like you know manage my daily life so i don't run out of money for gas you know (laughs) to take my kid to like the dentist when she needs to go like Uh you know the practicalities are still there yeah you know of day-to-day human living in our sort of structure but then you know how do you and so i think that's one of the reasons that i'm interested to do this podcast with you is to explore that Mm -hmm. it's also one of the reasons that i've become interested in yoga and other spiritual practices you know just try to like get that perspective you know yeah and 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 it's actually helped my preaching as a preacher you know to try to to understand that everybody else is dealing with that too you know like you can say a whole bunch of great stuff on a sunday morning from the pulpit but it still has has to mean something to somebody on a wednesday afternoon you know and it has Mm -hmm. to have some sort of impact that's going to be in their life not just something lofty that made them you know, feel really good or think some lofty thought or whatever, yeah. you know, it actually has to have some sort of a 
um, conveyance to our experience. Yeah. So, so that's why I really like doing things like this. Is he's trying to figure out how do we draw that connection a little bit better between those things? Yeah. Because I don't think they're really so disparate, but it's it's definitely a this middle space that I think we all exist in, and some of us find better balance in it than others. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what you, you got me thinking about when you're talking about philosophical Dave and the stars and the sky. <laughs> and, you know, we got to talk about campfires and why they're so cool and why people like them. And, yeah. You know, because um, most people do, you know, like right. most people like sitting by the fire. I mean, unless you're the person that that always gets the smoke. Like the smoke always blows in right, your direction. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few people uh-huh. like that. <laughs> Even now, though, they make—I mean—they make these smokeless, you know, these smokeless like fire pits that like yeah block or disperse ninety percent of the smoke or whatever. Yeah. So you can have one without even having like yeah. smelling like campfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nuts. This sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now actually smells like a campfire because I was wearing it on Sunday. We sat by a fire. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. It was the burn ban, but. Yeah, I won't. We had a small ceremony. Glad you said fire. not to, uh, not to tell anybody because I was about yeah. to get on the horn. It's okay. Yeah, any of the authorities that listen to this podcast uh, will listen to it well after us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I talked about Earth Day. Yeah, we should be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We care. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah, it's uh, so wet in my backyard. <laughs> I don't understand the burn ban in my <laughs> in my context, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Watch out for the ladybug, though. Yeah, I think that ladybug was actually hiding under the beer can. I don't know how he got there. It's it's getting very excited. Like I've seen it do like flips. Yeah, as you're talking, something yeah. about the timbre of your voice. Yes. I think she's <laughs> throwing it for a loop. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting you mentioned balance, though, because like um, that seems to be coming up a lot with um, with like talking with clients. Um, and maybe it's like part of what I will be doing or um part of my framework as as a clinician is like trying to help people find the balance mm-hmm. like w- stress for example right yeah. it's just yeah. going to be part of life yeah. um it, we can't escape it um and so we try to like recognize the positives of it mm-hmm. and the negatives of it yeah and the image usually uses like a rubber band, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with kind of the right amount of tension, like stress, like the right amount of stress, it's it does what it's supposed to do as a rubber band. It just kind of holds things together. Mm-hmm. Um, but too much, right? And it'll snap. Yep. Not enough. It'll just be like shriveled. Yeah. And not like... Has no purpose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's not holding anything together. So, yeah, I mean, balance seems to be... You need a little bit more in here right. to become a rubber band. Um <laughs> So that's great. To, I've never heard that analogy. You know, to like, have that uh, that same sort of like um, thing happening with, I mean, I use the image of mountains and valleys um, just because you know we're talking about nature and stuff. But right. um, the balance between a, a wilderness life and a civilized life, yeah, kind of speaks to our one kind of speaks to our modern senses, and the other speaks to our sort of ancient senses. Yeah. Which are both part of us. It yeah. seems. Yeah, yeah. More and more as we do this podcast, it seems yeah. true. Right. <laughs> right. That yeah, that deeper connectedness is there across yeah. everything. Right. But 
but it looks on our day-to-day level like it's not, you know. And exactly. So you so yeah. you see so you tend to see things that are challenging as adversaries and maybe they're not, you know. Maybe that extra piece of that extra index card that's getting shoved into the rubber band, mm-hmm. you know, that what it's holding, right? Yeah. I can it's, shove one more in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. A little one sunscreen on it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll slide in a little yeah, easier get it in right in there. <laughs> yeah but uh but just you know maybe that is is to help the rubber band to expand you know mm-hmm. and to and to, to quote unquote learn something that it can hold a little bit more you know mm-hmm. like it, it maybe that's in part not not all stress and and you know challenges are that way some right. things are actual traumas of course but but yeah. you know sometimes stressors maybe are just that that mm-hmm. are help, there to help us learn and grow in some way yeah a note card is a good analogy because yeah you can you're right you can add one mm-hmm. and the rubber band can get used to it yeah yeah 10 yeah and that might story. be trauma yeah 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 there you go we're gearing you up for your next career Thank you. here yeah all right. <laughs> we got you all set <laughs> some index card analogies and <laughs> Sunscreen and peanut butter yeah. cups. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you know the MacGyver of yes. uh, clinicians. Give me some duct tape and some paper clips. Yeah. And we'll come I'll up ready with an to go. <laughs> you. <laughs> you can open the analogy store. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna carry around a bag of random crap. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> uh, so I, I thought it was interesting too in that, um, and, and I had a thought about this. It was just really more of a question that. Um, it, the college students that had to be without their phone, right? Mm-hmm. And they talked about when they were sitting around the campfire and they didn't have phones, like all of a sudden this community was started forming, mm-hmm. you know? Now I wondered if, because my first thought was maybe the reason that that community formed so fast, I don't know if it's because community forms that fast naturally for everyone and that's just how it works. When you don't have distractions, right? Or is it because these are college-age students in a world where they've probably, given their age, because that book is not that old, right? Right. So, given their age, probably have grown up with cell phones. Yeah. You know, pretty much their whole lives, probably. Or I whole, would think. You know, yeah. Even adults. Yeah, they're younger than lives. us, and I feel like I've always had one. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so does that sort of like make them because they're constantly interacting through the technology and through the cell phone and that's mm-hmm. how they know when that's gone like are they like hypersensitive to actual community you know like did it did their community around that campfire form faster than it would have for people who had not grown up with cell phones you know like mm-hmm. if they had just grown up as in a normal life you know would were, would they be some 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 way like desensitized? Right, because from... it was the norm. Yeah, yeah, right. Like we always talk to other humans because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's how you have to survive. Right, and you're in a community yeah. and you find your place really quickly because that's how you live and survive. Even like up until, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. 80s, when people started really getting you know technologies and TVs to mm-hmm. to sort of dwell into their homes and cars to. You know, where cars were easily accessible to everybody and you're just driving long places and you're at, at that point in society, like the siloing effect started happening, you know, where yeah. people get siloed into, you know, workplace relationships and same age relationships and, you know, 
different mm-hmm. kinds. My, yeah. Our kids are the same age, so we we connect that way, you know. So that siloing happened. Before that, it was like your silo was the place you lived and all the people that were around. Right. And so you had, you know, constant interaction. If you wanted to talk to somebody, you didn't, you know, you didn't pull out your phone, you know. You had to go and to wherever they were and talk to them, yeah. you know. It's like. Yeah. So I, I just wondered if it's like, if it, is it accelerated that? You know, formation of community is that accelerated mm-hmm. when you take these things away? You know, yeah. it's just like like when people have you know medical you know medical treatments where they're on a course of medicine, you know, and they say like certain medicines like you can't stop cold turkey. You have to like slow right. the process down, or or mm-hmm. else you know when you stop, it's just going to be this acceleration of everything. So I wonder if that's what it is. You know, it's like take the yeah. cell phones away. And it's like all of a sudden, blah, 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 we're going to talk to each other because uh-huh. we have never done that in yeah. our whole lives. So I don't know. I just, yeah. I had that question when that came up and I didn't know if you had any thoughts or if the book expanded on that at all or not. Yeah, I mean, the only sort of uh, uh, accelerant, I guess, um, would be that they're all uh, psych majors. Oh, um, yeah. And that so they have that sort of shared, but mm-hmm. it even said like, most of them were not um like friends outside of class yeah they knew each other from class yep and from the major you know the program okay um but maybe just the common i'm thinking of my own classmates like we at least know we all sort of share a common love of like studying human behavior right <laughs> so right. there's we got that going for us you doing that <laughs> yeah uh, so in that way you can kind of you know where to start i guess at least yeah yeah all right cool well i just had that i had that question uh so then I, I'm, I'm going on to your your next one where you had the you talked about the uh the women veterans the female veterans who had mm-hmm. gone through the um suffering ptsd yep. you know and and how and you talked about Linda, and I, I thought the end of that was was really neat, where they are looking around at this particular landscape, mm-hmm. and because they can discern, you know, just by looking at it, what has happened there, right? It's pretty easy to tell, probably at that stage, that a wildfire had ripped through um, all kinds of clues, right? So they can tell the story, the history of the landscape around them, uh, and they they can also see it in present day. Mm-hmm. Right, so they can see a, a a timeline, right? They can't see everything. They don't know everything about the forest before it burned, but they have a pretty good idea because they were in forests probably very similar to it, you know, before they got there. Yeah, right. So there's they can sort of in one in one space look out and see a timeline that has unfolded, you know, just by w- looking at the landscape as it is. Yeah, and from that they were able to draw analogies that helped them understand their own life experience better. Right. You mm-hmm. talked about that. Like, you know, yep. it looked like, um, would she say something like the, um, the trees, you know, weren't in control of what happened to them, but it doesn't prevent them from having new growth in right. this space. Right. Yeah. Um, which is a beautiful analogy for someone recovering from trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have control over this trauma that happened to me. Um, but even through this trauma, there's now space for something new to to grow in this place, yeah. right? And um, and so maybe that's not 
what they would have wished for their life, but there is that positive of, hey, look, here's some new growth that can happen mm-hmm. out of this, right? Um, yeah. So interesting analogy. And then it made me think that nature has been an analogy for everybody, you know, th- through the ages, mm-hmm. right? And you think about, you know, philosophers, right? And, and their, uh, you know, analogies often will involve the natural world, mm-hmm. you know, about how the natural world functions with whether it's, you know, talking about weather patterns or whether it's talking about, you know, the way that the um, the planets move around, right? And they, sure. They, yeah. they philosophize about, you know, just the meaning of human life based on what they understand from nature. But you see the same thing in the in the world of, of art, right? I mean, mm-hmm. almost all art is in some way connected to the natural world yeah. in, in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you think about, like, poetry, I mean, so much poetry is, is built on analogies, um, songs, song lyrics, and stories are all, like, you know, have analogies of the natural world woven through them. Yeah. And even, even in religion, right? I mean, not, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ was a, a great example, and that's the one that you and I are more familiar with, but I'm sure in all the other religious traditions, yeah. there's oh, yeah. all kinds of analogies that have to do with, you know, the the agrarian world. I mean, how many of Jesus's parables involve, you know, something like... Uh, a mustard seed, you know, yeah. or uh, or a, a leaven in bread, which is a part right. of the natural world. They're like different, you know. So, yeah, enough th- that he, uh, you know, there's a green Bible, right? Where oh, right, they yeah, yeah. make the font green wherever he talks exactly. about or, yeah. nature or the wilderness. Right, right. He's talking about the natural world all the time, right? Yep. You know, and and I know, I because I'm even though I'm not as familiar with other faith traditions that in their faith traditions, there's all kinds of analogy mm-hmm. about the natural world. And then even in the practice of yoga, right? I mean, all of the poses in yoga are named mm-hmm. after something in the natural world, you know? You yeah. Do, oh, yeah. Like animals, right? You, so you do a downward dog, you yeah. do a cat cow, uh, you do a rock pose, you do a pigeon pose, you know, they're all like yeah. tree pose. Tree pose, Right, yeah. the classic, uh, you know, they're all, they're named after... You know, uh, parts of the natural world. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things that we do in yoga is called full flower breathing. Oh, have you? They're going to talk about like the baby goat yoga. No, no, <laughs> no. Baby goats are really cute, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to focus on the yoga part. I just want to like <laughs> do something cute, goat. <laughs> uh, and it's like uh, I can't not. I'm a goat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me something. Uh, can't do. Yeah, they actually. My name. They, they they called me the wrong thing. You know, when I got the name goat, they meant to say cute. They just said it wrong. That's <laughs> uh, not good. <laughs> it's like cute little uh, joke. Yes, it's a very goat yeah. little joke. That I just <laughs> very goat little joke. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> I'm working somewhat. Working my way out of the hole <laughs> that I've dug. Uh, there's another <laughs> nature analogy in the hole. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, full flower breathing is, is wonderful. It's like you you start in rock pose, which is with your knees on the on the mat and your feet behind you, and you sort of sit on your you know your okay ankles. Yeah, and, yeah. You know your heels. Yep. Right, and then um, and you and you kneel down in front of you, you know, and just put your hands and your forehead on the mat, mm. and then at, um, sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, and then as you. Uh, inhale you rise up 
you know, and you sit up on your knees, like you're kneeling now mm -hmm. with your hands up, you know, and you breathe and you lift your face up, you know, and you're like a flower that's blooming. Oh, yeah. You know, and then you exhale and come all the way back down. And you do this for like a series of minutes, this just following your breath through all. And you literally feel like this is what a flower feels like in <laughs> springtime, you know, it's like coming out of the earth and it's yeah. breathing in the air and it's and it's growing, you know, and. And so it's just this neat, you know, and, and so that's an analogy too, yeah. taken from the natural world. And so mm -hmm. all of this is to say that I think because of what we've been talking about in other episodes, that all of this connection, and, and it's, she's even hit on it in this book, Florence Williams um, has talked about it in earlier chapters. It's more than just analogy, you know? Like mm -hmm. we, we look at these things and we think, oh, I can learn from this this forest, you know, these yeah. women who had PTSD, they learn from the forest, right? Or I'm going to read a, a parable in a religious text that has to do with, you know, the natural world. And I learn from that, right? Or, you know, you can read a poem or, you know, listen to a song or do a pose in yoga and they, I'm going to learn from this. I think it's actually more than just an analogy of like one thing trying to help you teach teach you about the other what i think it is is that we're actually seeing this deeper connection between all of it mm -hmm. you know that and i think that that's where the real healing is mm -hmm. if we think go go back to the to linda who experienced the ptsd her real healing i think is not just like it doesn't come from just the fact that, like, oh, yeah, this forest burned down. It didn't want to burn down. That's major trauma to the forest. But look, now it has new life. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not just, oh, I see something else that reminds me of my story. Mm -hmm. I think it's that connection of I am connected to that story. Because yeah. what's the next thing that she would think or say? Maybe she even said it. She says, if, if this forest can experience this and go through that, then yeah. I can too. And what does that imply? That implies that I am similar enough to this forest mm -hmm. that my experience can be like it. Right? Yeah. It's more than just an analogy then, right? It's not just you know taking something that happen happens to an apple and comparing it to something that happens to an orange. You're talking about a system now right. that's integrated that this what happens in this forest can also happen in my life and, and if i think that and say that you know and like all of jesus's parables were like that and so much you know philosophy is like that and and so much you know spiritual practices like mm -hmm. that if if that's how we understand the learning then what we're saying really is that we are much more a connected piece of all of this than really we think we are right that it's not just I'm not just a, an observer, passive, and learning from this. I'm actually experiencing what I see around me in my own life. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Especially after, I mean, um, in Linda's case, having spent, I think they said eight-day eight day trip, and that sounded the way they told the story, like it was near the end. So having all those days to sort of like feel even more a part of that that world that maybe she had not been in um just having the just a little extra bit of connection right the connecting piece yeah. of just actually physically being yeah um in that space for a prolonged period right right um kind of gives yeah 
gives even more credence to the connection. Yeah. And isn't that what we've kind of, you know, we've heard in earlier chapters in right. this book too, yeah. is that what happens when you're in nature is that you realize you're more a part of it than you thought you were. Right. Because it's so easy to get disconnected the way that mm-hmm. we live now to, from the natural world. You know, like we said it in one of the earlier episodes in this, is like you could actually go through a day without without touching the earth now. You yeah. know, if you stay on if you stay on concrete and roads and cars and buildings and stuff, it's like you can go through a whole day. You know, and some people can go through maybe days, weeks, months, and even years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, without actually touching the earth. You know, you touch something that is between you and the earth. You know, and it's. <laughs> And you think about it, it's like, it's not the way it was for the rest of humanity, you know, up until a very short time ago in human history. Yeah. You know, humans spent a lot of time touching the earth <laughs> before. Yeah, that's true. So, so you can get, it's so easy mm-hmm. to get disconnected, you know, and it's just, maybe it's just from being reminded of the, that connection. And then the analogies become more than just an analogy. It becomes a mirror to your mm-hmm. Because now it's a, it's just reflecting back something that's a reality. Yeah. Rather than you know, trying to describe something in a separate terminology, it's an actual mirror. Which, to me, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, the last thing that I just I wanted to hit on this last thing, um, because you talked about ADHD, and then I had to look up the word compulsory because I thought I knew what it meant, and uh, <laughs> I, did, I did not. <laughs> uh, and and as I as I realized that, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, so this is interesting that, you know, ADHD starts cropping up as something that's, you know, a diagnosable disorder around the same time that we start requiring, you know, at a certain age that we push kids into these particular structures, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, this isn't going to be me, you know, sitting here and banging on the education system, you know, right. because... You know, I know a lot of educators, and they work really hard, and right. they do fantastic work for kids. And yeah. I wouldn't want the world without it, right? Right. But at the same time, it seems as though the structure that we have in place currently is is something that uh, maybe doesn't necessarily fit for everybody, mm-hmm. right? And I think that you know. I think the people that work in that system would say exactly the same thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I wonder if it's even more than that, you know? And I wonder if the idea of of taking learning, which is such a natural thing, you know? Like you talked about it when you were talking about, you know, yeah. kids and their job is to play, right? Mm-hmm. But why do they play? They're learning the whole time. Yeah. You know, they're playing. Kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds so lovely when you, right, yeah. you know, when you understand it as a German term that, you know, um, who wouldn't want to hang out in a garden, you know, it's yeah. like, it's great. <clears throat> but, but the idea is like, and what I wrote down when, when you were started to talk, started talking about that, um, is, uh, is the, is the small box that we put in place uh, in people's lives to take up the place of learning, you know, the schools or colleges or whatever our quote-unquote education systems are. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we want to try to educate people in our lives, right? We want to sure. <laughs> like we want to share knowledge and we want to have a place where education can can happen for people, right? Um, but we, we tend to systematize those things, right? And you create 
systems and structures for them. Um, and you'll hear people talk about this not in just education, but in religion too, right? Systematized religion often becomes <laughs> a big problem, you know? And, and anytime you systematize something and make it a big structure with, yeah. you know, lots of, you know, lots of polity in our terms, you know, <laughs> like when you start to do all of that, then it's just, you know, you, you create all this um, extra noise around it, but you also narrow quite greatly. Mm-hmm you know, the definition of what it all really is. Yeah. Right? Because now, you know, as soon as you establish church as religion, yep. well, now you, you know, all these other aspects of spirituality that every human experiences don't doesn't fit in that anymore because mm-hmm. this has been boxified, yep. you know? And so if we do the same thing with education, you know, like you can, you learn every day. You don't have to be in a system to learn, you yeah. know, but we make these systems. And I, so what I wrote down was, is our... our the human boxes that we make, hmm. you know, for these education systems, are they too small to hold the whole of an individual's human consciousness? Hmm. You know, it's like, it, are, are kids' minds just too big for school? You know, yeah. it's a kind of a simple way to put it. Um, you know, and, and, and it's not that there's anything wrong with schools and it's not that there's anything wrong with, you know, tr- trying to put those systems in place. Is it just that it doesn't? It, there's no way that it could, that one system could encapsulate all of a human right. consciousness. Yeah, that is constantly learning anyway. You yeah, know? and so that would be why, if that's true, that it is too small, that would make sense. Why there would be a segment of the population that just doesn't, yeah. just doesn't work in there. That needs something alternative. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be fidgety. I'm going to be looking for ways to. You know, I'm going to get bored easily. I'm going to get. You know. It's just not gonna work for me. Yeah, because it's this is too this box is too small for me. Yeah, you know, I wonder. A, if that's what it is. There was a part uh, in that chapter I, I didn't mention, um, but she goes uh, kind of goes. I don't know if she goes back or has just like studies Finland. Yeah, uh, with more of an outdoor uh, element to their education system. Yeah, where students are just outdoors more. Yeah. Um, I mean, based on sort of like the cultural mm-hmm. um, heritage of the of the space, and while there's still students with ADHD, obviously it's just like part of the thing because of the structure. There's data about them needing much less like medication and yeah. things like that than yep. students in the U.S., which right, you know, is fairly eye-opening yeah um as raw data you know yeah. of just like yeah those students being outside and mm-hmm. able to be a little more free or have a few more options yeah. right to yeah to learn in different ways and isn't that funny too it's like they need need less medication right <clears throat> and isn't that's like the way that you deal with it you know you say well mm-hmm. we shoved you in this box and it made you act like this so now we're going to take this other box we have over here which is our pharmaceutical system you know <laughs> i'm going to put you into that box too uh-huh. so now you got two boxes to deal with yeah. you know and then this box is going to help you deal with that yeah. box but then you know what happens is they start you know putting you know 
chemicals into the system, right? And then they got to balance them out, and then uh-huh. they get out of balance, and then they put them into the box that you're going into, which is like the mental health box. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, right. Right? you got to go see a counselor. Yeah. You know? We're gonna build yeah. a bunch of tunnels <laughs> to each of these boxes. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be as dark and scary sometimes yeah. as you go through. <laughs> just make the just make the subway map between them easy to read. <laughs> yeah, because right. you're gonna be going a lot. You know, <laughs> and so it's just you know it's that whole like. I don't know, um, I called it like siloing before, but mm. just that, you know, sh- you know creating these systems. Yeah. And, and they rarely, I mean, it's getting better now. Uh, it is getting better. But they're, we're only now coming to the time where a lot of these systems are starting to talk to each other, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Where, where, where you have mental health counselors working with educators, yeah. you know, and having that cross. Yeah, I know the, that the local school has like contracts out with mm-hmm. like therapeutic services yeah. yeah, to give like school counselors even yep. more support to help students. Right. Yeah. So it's, I mean, Which, we're coming yeah. there, but, but we haven't gotten there, yeah. you know? And it's so a, it's, yeah, maybe, maybe the pandemic has accelerated mm-hmm. um, the uh, collegi- collegiality. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's wow. very good. Surprised I could say that at the time right, of day. Right, right. It's compulsory collegiality <laughs> due to copious odoriferousness. <laughs> yeah, because we were all wearing masks and we could smell our garlic breath. It was yeah, nasty. Dude, I had to wear a mask the other day. I was going into an ICU to visit somebody. So I had to put my mask on. Yeah, and they were requiring it. I'm like, I put it on. And I mean, that thing had been kicking around in the car for a long time because I had to go dig it for. I'm like, this thing stinks, man. Like. Been breathing in that thing for eighteen months or whatever, and then it's like, well, I mean, I wash it a few times. But. Oh, okay. you know, you can like buy new ones, or sometimes the hospital will just give you a new one. Yeah, but I didn't know. Like, I did, like I showed up, I was gonna go in, and then I was like, oh, right, that's still a thing. And so, yeah, but <laughs> but I thought that was a neat idea because I do think a lot of the issues that we have are are issues of not acknowledging the whole person mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, the sort of the holistic nature of human not even just the human body and the human mind but the human consciousness yeah you know which i think we miss a lot in our materialistic worldview yeah that there's more to a person and so to so just to create a box and say hey, well, we're gonna make you fit in here yeah good good luck we'll, you'll figure it out and if not we'll medicate you <laughs> you know like, and then the boxes seem to i mean seems to that systematic approach seems to be trying to create some sort of like linear design as mm-hmm. well, right? Where we're yeah. supposed to go through life right. in this certain way on this line. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. that's not real. Right. That's not the real human experience. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Look linear. at our, yeah. I mean, look at our lives. <laughs> yes. neither, neither of our lives are lines, you know? You yeah. just, you just took a 90 degree turn. Right. You know, <laughs> yes. not a line anymore at all, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. But that's that's me too, you know. Uh-huh. It's like a little right. zigzag. I just I actually just did a Yui and uh, <laughs> doing something that I haven't done in ten years. I'm doing doing more of that. Yeah, and I'll talk about yeah more. But yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. Uh, well, it all came down to um, what you talked about at the close was this idea of one of the one of the major things in all of these was that these people were dealing with others and with the nature around them um, as 
people or things that have a similar life experience, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you said, right? Because it was PTSD, ADHD, college students are studying the same thing, right? So people with a similar life experience. Mm-hmm. And when I when I wrote when I wrote down what you said, people with a similar life situation or life experience, right? And they're they're mirroring that in the natural world around them. Um, what I wrote down was isn't isn't this all of us though? Right? Like, let's just expand it a little bit bigger, and yeah. let's not say, let's not say that we're only going to look at people with ADHD as having a similar life experience, mm-hmm. or only PTSD. Right? Once again, that's putting boxes. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or we're only going to look at students that study this topic, you know, or whatever it might be. Those are all ways we categorize ourselves. But really, we're all here, right? We're all humans. We're all having this experience. We're all living this life. So in in those ways, we are all in a similar situation. Yeah. And we've all had traumas. Some people's traumas far worse than others, right? So there's that disparity. Um, But at the same time, uh, traumas affect more than just the individuals involved in the initial trauma. We know that too, right? Right. It affects whole systems of, you know, relational systems, Mm -hmm. but it affects whole societies, you know? Traumas affect everybody. So, you know, it's different, obviously, if you're Mm -hmm. a primary experiencer of trauma or you're a secondary experiencer of it, but it's still a part of everyone's experience. So all this is to say, aren't we all more similar than we thought, right? Like, aren't we all more connected and more a part of this? than we thought and 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 then you know that people get these realizations when they're out and they're in nature it's like you know it strips away some of that extra stuff and you're able to talk to somebody and you realize oh my gosh you you're way more like me than i thought right. <laughs> you know yeah yeah you know you're you're experiencing way more of the similar stuff than i thought and even that's a really cool thing that happens when it's somebody you didn't expect mm-hmm. to have a similar experience and you start talking more or something like the, the, those things it's it just blows your mind so i think that that's maybe the the big lesson that i heard tonight was that like yeah. whoa we're all we're all more connected than we thought we were you know way way more connected than we thought we were in in you know the mirror of nature kind of <laughs> allows us to see that right you know when you look when you look you know it's, it's like you look in a mirror and you realize, oh, I, I look a lot like all these people around me, you know? Right. I think that would be a wonderful thing in our in our life as a collective race of human beings mm-hmm. to look around and be like, oh, wait, we're all way more similar than we thought. Yeah. I think that would be a beautiful thing for the whole world. Yeah. I mean, just uh, as, as these uh, winter lakes... Uh, thaw out right drop a drop a rock in and and see the ripples i mean that's exactly mm-hmm. that's kind of nature's image of yeah what you just said is how that one little thing that like you know one one spot on that piece of water experienced yeah but it's then it just keeps <clears throat> keeps going and going and yeah um, and isn't that true too? Like, I mean, from from a scientific scientific like physics perspective, if that water were completely still and unaffected by any other, you know, like physical effects on it, wind, motion of the ground or boats or people or there was nothing else there, wouldn't even 
necessarily matter how big the lake was, or at least to a degree, I don't think. But small pebble is going to make those ripples, and they'll go to every, they'll go mm-hmm. out to every part of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. very small and very insignificant it may seem, but it goes to all parts. Yeah. So, yeah, here we go. Back to that same. It's like we're all connected. Like this is all one <laughs> big system that we're a part of. And, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, that's all that I... I mean, I had a couple other things, but uh, I've rambled enough now, so I'm going to be done. <laughs> and this ladybug is really... It's about halfway up my beer now. Or just, is it gone? I think... It, oh, it just fell off. Catching some shut-eye in the, in the yeah. dark side of the... <laughs> it's dark, the dark side of the Molson. Dark side of Canada. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's cozy over there. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening to the show. We very much appreciate it. Please send us an email. Uh, you can email us brothers at uh, musicofthespherespodcast.com. Head to our website, musicofthespherespodcast.com, and uh, that will give you all of the links to the different platforms. But mostly we just ask you to share this with your friends. Uh, yeah. And then go and, and check out um, our friends at uh, Brothers of the Serpent. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, they're also on that one, and they're <laughs> a great show. So go and listen to those guys. Uh, we're going to connect with them, and we're going to connect with Paul, uh, our good buddy. And uh, when you listen to this, Paul, I hope that the uh, hope the trip to New Hampshire was fantastic <laughs> for the family. <laughs> and I look forward to trying some of your cider when you get to that point. So, yeah. Um, all right. You have anything else, Jay? Oh, big thanks to Molson Canadian Lager. Yeah. And to you for bringing it. It was, it was very tasty. Yeah, I was ha- happy with the choice. Yeah. Yeah good go-to all right drink some canadian beer and uh, root for some canadian baseball teams (laughs) and we'll see you we'll see you next time Uh, from the deepest parts of our beings we thank you for being part of our universe here at the music of the spheres podcast have a great week
baby goats are really cute, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to focus on the yoga part. I just want to be like, do something cute, goat. Uh, and it's like, uh, I can't not. I'm a goat. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me something I can't do. Yeah. They actually, my name, they, they called me the wrong thing. You know, when I got the name goat, they meant to say cute. They just said it wrong. That's <laughs> uh, not good. <laughs> It's like cute little uh, joke. Yes, it's a very goat yeah. little joke. That I just <laughs> very goat little joke. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> I'm working somewhat, working my way out of the hole <laughs> that I've dug. Uh, there's another nature analogy. <laughs> the hole. Yeah. yeah.